0: Power Athlete Radio. If Chuck Norris were better looking and more lethal, he'd just barely touch the awesome that is this week's guest. It's impossible to summarize the personality and skill set of one Rudy Reyes, and luckily we don't have to. The crew chats with this former recon marine, martial artist, actor, public speaker, and hater of shirts. Legend Rudy Reyes opens up about his childhood and the catalyst for wanting to join the military. His stories about working, training, and, quote, running and gunning, as he calls it, will have you wondering how he even made it out on the other side. Rudy also talks about the highs and lows of consulting for Generation Kill, a series based on the 1st Reconnaissance Battalion's role during the war in Iraq. While Rudy's resume certainly makes him overqualified for our podcast, he somehow maintains his humility. It's this combination of modesty and unpredictability that endear him to us.
1: This is episode 215. You know, like we've been talking about how you grew up in kind of the trials and tribulations, but really, dude, what I'm really fascinated by is, you know, who Rudy Reyes is and how we got here. And uh, more importantly, like, what are you going to do to necessarily alter the course of this world? Because I firmly believe you can.
2: Thank you, my man. I love you all very much. And thank you for having me over here. It's been about a year in the making. Um, I'm honored. I'm blessed. When we think about uh, truth and and the bullshit, as they say, uh, everybody asks me all the time about my techniques or tricks or
3: or what have you or program or whatever. I have no program. Um, haven't no Well, that's hope. that's not true, Rudy, because before there there was one element that you spent a year focusing on, was Would that it? be Silkies, or would it be... Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 wait, wait, back in the day, you all. Well, no, I mean, we're
2: we're obedience, big on... are remember? You're no, talking we're about. we're big obedience. on history.
1: Like, okay. um, I okay. I can't know the man today unless I know the person that you were and how you got to where you are, and I think that's the, the fascinating thing, and what kind of kills me on a lot of podcasts is everybody's always like, so tell me what you're doing now. Uh, tell me about this and this, and yeah. dude, that's, to me, that's, uh, like, I want to know the backstory. I want to know the history history and i you know and and you you think about some you know we were talking about movies a little bit on the drive Mm -hmm. over and how empty hollywood is but the movies that i've always most appreciated were the ones that always like cap the story or necessarily like show us where it is and i was just thinking goodfellas how they have that whole scene where like how he grows up and you know all the you know how he kind of gets into it and then it kind of shows later on and uh yeah man so i'm just interested in knowing about the history and how we got here and uh, wow uh I mean.
2: Well, thank you, John. And by the way, dog, I love that fucking hard line through your (laughs) cheek all the way down. So legit. Uh, Reminds me of Rutger Hauer in uh, Blade Runner, right? Uh, what is it say? what do they say uh, the flame that burns twice as bright lives half as long mm-hmm. oh, now, right? as you understand about football yeah. or special operations or anything at, at high capacity
1: of, what my mom told me was was is the hotter the uh, the hotter the temperature the stronger the metal that's what my oh, mom well always said, said. Uh,
2: in recon we say um, how do you forge strong steel you beat it and put it in fire and beat it and put it in fire. And repeat and repeat right.
1: you fold you fold the metal
2: That's right. Um, I don't know, my man. You know what I remember as a little, little boy um, in South Texas learning to swing the first time, Mm -hmm. moving my legs back and forth. And, uh, And little Michael hadn't been born yet. It was just Caesar and I. I was probably about two. And after that, I remember being on the border of Texas and Mexico with my my mother's grand my with, with my Rudy Reyes Senior's uh, grandfather Weddle look white like me very white white hair blue eyes fair skin he was already missing both of his legs from diabetes this is in 73 or so and we had an outhouse, and this is on the border in La Paloma in Macau. And one of our outer walls is missing completely. Um, and we had a, um, a washing machine that you would put your, you know, your clothing through the wringer to to wring out all the excess water, and then hang it up on the on the lines. And I remember uh, helping my grandfather go to, you know, to the outhouse. I remember him uh, rolling his cigarette up on the stove. His cigarito, uh, um, I think it was Bugler, Bugler tobacco. And I tried to help all the time. I was the oldest brother. My two, it was just Caesar. It was probably just a little infant, and Michael wasn't even here yet. So I was helping with the laundry, and it freaking caught my hand as I was putting it through those rollers and it rolled my arm through. My mom starts freaking, the, you know, she starts freaking out and everyone is losing their mind and it's crushing me, all right? Crushing me, pulling me through. And Rudy Reyes Sr. comes over there freaking out of nowhere, like just, I don't know, Savior style, just smash that machine into pieces and the freaking roller went flying and... Saved me. I remember seeing these freaking welts on me, and this. I just remember being saved by my father, Rudy Reyes Sr., Mm -hmm. and um, he put a standard. Uh, Rudy Reyes Sr. always said to me and my two little brothers greediness is the ugliest thing a human can be. Greediness is the ugliest thing. Selfishness is. a partner of greediness and they're both uh, not they, they both have no respect as a man if you're a man if you're greedy and selfish you have there's no respect for you and Rudy your fortune is the same as your brother's fortune and all of you share together no matter what happens you share together. My dad taught me that from the very, very beginning. My dad never beat me, never hit me, never raised a hand to me. He even looked at me with his eyes, and that was all it took. And he taught me those precepts and those basics. introduced me to comic books and Bruce Lee, And since he was a Marine, I was always doing it. John, I was doing the freaking ab wheel even back then. (laughs) And and I'm serious. 1970 freaking four, he had an ab wheel and some dumbbells. Oh my goodness gracious, I'm going to get some freaking photos of y'all. I have a photo somewhere in the old days. I don't have it anymore. I'll talk to my stepmother. DP concrete weights. Curl little Dumbbell what, forty pounds? Twenty twenty and a little whatever. I'm six years old and crew went like this, face red is all get out. And
3: then I climbed up the walls against you know, with my Spider Man pajamas. So everyone who's listening who obviously can't see what John and I and Tex get to see is Rudy Reyes jacked and shredded. Uh, I'm not even well, 170
2: pounds, 100, 175 well, pounds.
1: Well, for those of you guys that don't know who Rudy Reyes is, um, I'll wait for a moment to you go you know, check his Instagram, the real, the real Rudy Reyes, or you check a little Google. But uh, where Rudy really bursted on the scene in terms of, I guess you could say... Um, Really just, you know, like media-wise was uh, through Generation Kill. Yes. So there was a HBO show called Generation Kill that was made about... You. about first recon battalion yep. and about my team and my platoon and so when they went in they wanted to you know uh, create this uh, you know for TV HBO you know deal
2: written by the guys that wrote the wire so yep. pretty highbrow stuff no dude, oh, and, yeah, and yeah.
1: we've we've you know we're big fans of the wire and uh, and I, I know it from that And the hilarious part was they went to try to audition for Rudy Reyes <laughs> and they couldn't do it.
2: I'm gonna blow y'all's mind right here.
1: <laughs> Fucking do it. <laughs> Watch
2: this, y'all. How about this? I'd never been to LA except to run triathlons, and the first triathlon, and by the way, I ran triathlons while an active duty recon marine. By the way, we, we, you, you, can you understand that dedication? Active-duty recon marine, meaning if you're not in the field freaking hurting, carrying 200 pounds of kit, constant observations, no sleep, horrible freaking uh, colon because you're only <laughs> eating an MRE or so. Uh, I mean, just a destruction at the freaking mental, cellular, and emotional level. And then on the weekend, how about we just drive or fly, you know, let's just drive to LA and do a uh, a triathlon. Or let's just drive up to to San Francisco and do Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to make sure that yeah. we're keeping it legit. Just yeah, the sure. weekends. Yeah,
1: yeah, just and, for
2: fun. And you all, do you realize what our training schedule is? I look back now and I, we would run six miles to, uh, four miles to the pool, swim 2,000 meters, run four miles back Rattlesnake Canyon Road.
1: Oh, this is a Pendleton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: and then eat our little bag nasty freak, freaking breakfast chow of just like heinous bagel and uh, like 17 egg yolks and then uh hang out if we could talk some shit uh my team leader was talking to the people up in the head shed basically not do a damn thing and then when lunch was called at freaking 1100 we went to the gym and lifted weights, so we freaking did most. Uh, we did stuff that most people could not ever do in their life. Right in the morning, <laughs> lifted weights in the kind of afternoon, and then afterwards. By the way, we were never in camis; we we're always in black freaking sweats or black uh, silkies or whatever. Uh, after lifting weights, then we are just freaking let go. And gosh dang, it was the freaking most beautiful thing. Um, because we were given that respect, and also, though, we were such elite level athletes, mm-hmm. I recognize looking back. So, the standard, y'all, if you don't know, sub 18 minute three mile, and you know, if you got muscle on your frame, that ain't no punk, no sub 18 minute three mile, 20 pulls, 100 uh crunches, and that's dead, a hundred dead, crunches in like
3: what a minute two minutes I think or something it's like minute
2: that minute or something like that and then you still have to swim with camis 500 meters underneath i think seven and a half minutes with camis mm-hmm. and that's just like showing up yeah so now you got our homies there at the unit when i showed up they were just so elite they were so incredible many of them came from swimming background high-end football background high-end athletic background and they were all very very smart um i was a great i was a great martial artist i always tell i tell iliana my girl um and you know regardless if we're fighting or on again and off again i always tell her hey don't tell me about any timeline unless it's a second and below i'm fantastic at a quarter second i'm a fantastic at a fucking half a second even one Sounds like Texas seconds. sex life. Yeah, alike. I'm
1: fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's it fantastic was, in half a second. Yeah, yeah
2: the, my martial arts because of Chun Man Sit from, from uh, Hong Kong. And when I made it to recon, and I went through ARS. It uh, doesn't even exist anymore, y'all. Amphibious recon- uh, reconnaissance school. Uh-huh. Other frappers died in our school. Uh, it is, gosh dang it. It was just the heaviest, heaviest most destructo school so i'm competing as a lance corporal against captains and staff sergeants and gunnery sergeants people with incredible fleet experience rangers snipers all trying to come to recon i didn't even know what recon was i was just an infantry captain Mm -hmm. but i was given the opportunity and i was so scared to death of the swimming but my teammates um behind me were so proud of me i was too embarrassed to turn to, to to, to not to not do what I was supposed to do and get on that bus. I didn't want to have anything to do with recon. I had I wanted nothing to do with recon because I didn't want to swim. No, it's just because of swimming. Yeah, well, that's enough, brothers. Have you guys ever fucking swam
3: with yeah. freaking gear on? No, but I—that's the thing. I fucked that. Like even with gear, I couldn't imagine it. I know Tex. I mean, Tex swims.
1: I can't know. even swim without gear. <laughs> well, that's because your body hair.
3: I mean, right. no, if, if we shaved you up, density, if, if
1: if we shaved it's you up like Rafael density. Ruiz, if we shaved you like the Ruiz, like a hairless cat, you're you would be much better in the water. Now,
3: what do you mean? Like I don't think so. If we shave text, I like could teach Roth you how to, used be to great. shave text. Is that what you mean? How, know, how Roth uh, shaves do, himself? Do you think we could get Roth to shore text? Because to shave <laughs> sure. somebody
1: is to shore them, right? Is that how is it is? Yeah, I shoring like like shoring sheep. The other day I drove by the sheep farmers and they're out there shoring the sheep. So I'm assuming that we could shore you, like sure. Oh, uh, remember in the
2: dang, uh, um, what was that freaking uh, Austin Powers the shorn testicles? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 it's quite breathtaking, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: dog i didn't know how to swim properly so how did you learn to swim you just Uh, fucking you got destroyed and crushed
2: um and then took every opportunity to learn okay first i was second class through um boot camp and such after that because i did very well i was meritorious uh, i was the honor man and iron man and such i was meritoriously promoted they put me on guard duty oh god dang all y'all out there at horno one one guard duty i had young marines trying to kill themselves every day stuck in a little crazy box they call it um for three weeks i never laughed the squad bang but they had a pull-up bar and all I did is a shadow box with martial arts and pull-up bar and push-ups. I was always always in charge of relieving, uh, relieving the guard and I was always in charge of everybody trying to kill themselves and run away. <sighs> oh, have mercy on my soul. Jesus, how did I do this shit? And uh, the young brothers just... Looked out to me and loved me. And when recon came through, little did I know that the corporal of the guard said, Hey, we got this one guy, Reyes, and I think he's he's your guy. The recon cats came through. And I remember in the Marine Corps in those days, um, to have gold wings and a dive bubble, if you can imagine 300,000 Marines, and there was only 300 in the whole world that there were recon Marines, 300 in the whole freaking world right between five units i mean so so we're all in awe right they asked they said well who wants to freaking try out right do you want some you know who who wants to have some fucking sand in the middle of the fucking ass crack after uh 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 parachuting into the ocean, hitting that beach, cammied up, uh, hooking up on a freaking spy rig and extracting and, and all. I'm oh gosh, dang. I don't know if I would want to do any of that because I don't know how to even swim. But my homies were like, hooray. Actually, they called me Karate Kid because I had kicked some fucking motherfuckers in the stomach. A <laughs> times. I, believe it or not, bless him, my school of infantry instructor, I was doing a checkpoint and he attacked. And so just immediately I just shifted. Side kicked him, sent him to the ditch. No shit. Yeah, of course. Um didn't know I was a world champion kickboxer already, you know. Uh I said Karate kid will do it, karate kid'll do it. I couldn't fucking let him down, so I showed up. Number one on the freaking PFT, number one on the obstacle course, number one on the freaking rock run. Sixty pounds or seventy pounds on your pack. Uh six, seven miles. And I got to rest all that time when I got to the pool. Holy moly, they drowned the living shit out of me. I thought that I would never ever make it. Uh, it was horrible, because uh, I didn't know how to swim. And I have fucking camis on and boots and shit. And, uh, but I realized looking around, looking back now, they didn't want to kill me. They, they already knew that I had the prerequisites, uh, that, that, that I could be trained. Mm-hmm. They just hazed me enough. Tested me enough to make sure I kept my bearing, um, and then they pushed, and and then I got to go to school. So the first guy I called, I ran up there to the freaking payphones by the old post office on Margarita. They don't even have payphones, but guys, this is so old. This is twenty freaking years ago. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine? You know, damn near twenty years ago, the first. I called not my wife Cherie who I love very much Cherie I love you babe and she was with me through all the hardest years so we're not together anymore I called my dad Rudy Reyes Sr. and he's not even my biological father hmm. he was so freaking proud I said mijo mijo you've done so much more than I've ever done mijo you make me so proud Mm -hmm. and that was just a chance to go to school go to school i go through all kinds of arduous shit break my foot fucking get like gangrene get tumors at combat dive whatever because i kept competing and trying to be the best and then straight to scout sniper school in two years three years i am a scout sniper which by the way you all uh, if none y'all know out there that is the most prestigious mother frappin sniper program in the mother frappin world and it's three and a half months for a freaking reason because it takes that much freaking time to get even a basic understanding of the skill and the field craft yeah all right um marine scout sniper paratrooper combat diver uh, combat water survival swimmer SEER trained and urban RNS and and Mountain Warfare guy. They pro- they pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. But everybody in my team was uh, and, and platoon was so fantastic, they were already rangers and snipers and the Marine Corps, drill instructors. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the best of the best, y'all. The best of the best. And you all out there that have no concept is because this is the 90s and- No internet. No internet and also because of politics, the Marine Corps intentionally kept recon out of JSOC because they don't want anybody commanding us. Mm-hmm. There was an experimental unit, though, and that was Alpha Company in Hawaii. And that's where Roger Sparks came from, my mentor, before he came over, came over to First Recon Company. Um, we did this all for black silkies, <laughs> a black T-shirt, a black cover and 80 more pounds on our pack and of course the respect yeah
3: so that that's was the badge what, of honor right
2: that's what we did it for there was no this this is so interesting to me and this whole freaking arrogance and this like i don't know what people are even thinking about like your guns and and like your cool stuff and your freaking kit and gucci stuff my man I could take an H harness right now with something with a little plate. I could take an old M16A2. 2 i will still rain death on a fall I mean, come <laughs> on. It's Bad so motherfucker. Well, yeah, because brilliance in the basics. Mm-hmm. They spent all of the money on us back then on teaching and training us, and our leadership was so fantastic. It was so wild, y'all. I don't even know how to fucking begin it was just so, so much. And then I'd come home every couple of weeks to my little uh, Vista Way apartment up there across the way uh, from the 78, where the Devil Dog Mall is, and um, and the driving range. And and gosh dang, I'd be so tired. Cami paint still all in my ears because uh, I get out of the field on Thursday night, Friday clean weapons all freaking morning, and then freaking finally get. Turn to the evening, and pick up Cherie at the freaking Kinkos, and we, you know, we try to watch our HBO boxing or some Sopranos or whatever. And I'm freaking fading out, falling asleep in the field all week. Zero seven in the morning, all my little Mexican kids in the knocking on my door. Rudy, Rudy, can you watch us at the pool? Because I'm the only mother frapper that can swim. I'm a lifeguard now by this point, so I'm the only one that can swim uh can you imagine this freaking karma so i would go down there freaking bleary eyed and shit and watch the kids swim but then i started teaching them how to do ditch and dons with their snorkel and mask <laughs> and i brought my gear down anyway we created this whole freaking culture and then i started going to war and and then i'd come home and i'd be happy for a while and then i have to go to another one and another one and another one and
1: yeah. So so you have this whole volume of training that you've done leading up to this and then all of a sudden nine eleven hits and it's almost as if all the training that you had done in anticipation of this all of a sudden now you get mobilized. Can you talk a little bit about how there was almost like a paradigm shift where, you know, you had gone from this idea that we were gonna do this training mm-hmm. to build this skill set to do it to now all of a sudden fucking, you know, kick the tires, light the fires, we're fucking ready to go.
2: I love that term, kick the tires, light the fires. First of all, John, I got to tell you blog, I had a feeling, a strange feeling that when I joined the Marine Corps. And I joined because I saw a documentary about um, ethnic cleansing in Kosovo. I, th-
1: I thought you were going to say Heartbreak Ridge, but I'm mean, Oh we'll no, I love my
2: Heartbreak Ridge and all that, but that didn't <clears throat> motivate me enough to join. Okay. I'm not an egotist. I was doing Zen Buddhism, and I was doing martial art and following.
1: So, so you saw the whole, um, and I, I actually know children. the documentary yeah. that you're talking about, about the ethnic cleansing in Bosnia. That's right. And they and, had that
2: orphanage of those little kids. Yeah. And after I saw that, I said, gosh. And if you recall, John, back then, there was uh, um, the pol- political climate. Uh, President Clinton said that we were going to put boots on the ground. That sealed it for me. I didn't believe in hurting or killing anybody. I didn't even eat meat. Um, I just read comic books and did tons of kicking drills and, and punching drills and threw people on their head. That's all I did. And um, But I thought, what is, what am I here to stand for? I'm an able-bodied uh, American, so I have to protect these children. That's why I joined the Marine Corps, and I joined as an infantryman. I had no idea all these spec ops and all this ridiculousness. Um, Man, the only thing I ever heard about when I was a kid is that the baddest dudes on the planet are these freaking Marines that charge beaches in Tokyo, yeah. ojima mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, I'll just do the hardest shit. I wasn't looking into like, like what I could do for me. By the way, the recruiters were trying to get me into avionics and all these other things because of my GT score or whatever. I'm like, no, I just really want to be infantry, you know, because those are the guys that fight, right? Even though I don't even want to hurt nobody yeah but i can't let anybody else go hurt and fight and die if i'm not alongside of them that's how it all started for me that's how it all started brother and um i didn't even know what the hell i was getting into it all how could you know how oh. could you know you know what i'm saying um dang dang it was hard to and any freaking by the way any marine punk tries to say boot camp wasn't hard let me tell you what john tell you what son if they weren't the guide they weren't in charge you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i was in charge and the guide they starved the living shit out of me they starved me so bad brothers when my freaking wife came to see me for graduation i was 150 pounds and my neck was like this big around to simulate combat stress, and it worked. So I slept maybe three hours every night, maybe two, because I do inspections every night, and starved. And there was one cat that brought home some cookies and some fucking mother-frapping peanut butter from the chow hall, which is absolutely, what do you call it, uh, uh, contraband? They found these cookies and peanut butter on this under this cat's pillow. They rode him so hard he almost committed suicide, and his mother had to get a congressman to get him out of boot camp. So, can you guys believe this virtue? Look, can you believe this virtue? Three and a half months, I never even considered taking one little packet of peanut butter.
3: And they're fucking starving you. No,
2: they starved me to the death. To the death. Mm-hmm. I'm the last guy to sit down with a bunch of fat bodies. Can you guys imagine a bunch of obese motherfuckers eating before you? everybody's 78 mother frappers eating before you and then the nasty and i'll never fit. forget this black brother with like he looked like feeding hot dogs behind his neck just a nasty old thing just a nasty weak body like a
1: pack of hot dogs
2: yes and a weak body just a weak fucking weak fucking body i would love to find him again and i know if he ever hears this he's gonna know who he is <laughs> um, <laughs> do you I, hear that yeah.
1: hey Oscar Mayer hot dog man. Oh, he
2: was Rudy just, Reyes, uh, coming yeah, for you. I think you were a scribe, and you just had poor posture and weak freaking quadriceps. A huge booty, big belly, and sh- shallow shoulders. You're just a nasty thing. I can't even believe you're a marine. Um, so he was right in front of me. <laughs> Holy moly! And I thought I was the last recruit, so I have to wait till everybody eats before me, right? Goddamn. Damn, it was tough. I can't believe this shit. With well, this nasty four freaking hot dog neck nasty scribe, I can't even remember his name. But I see his ugly ass self right now. He looks like a gosh dang like enemy mine, like like Louis oh, uh, zombies, got,
1: zombies. Yes. zombies.
2: Yes. Well, I think I'm the. You know, um, what is that? PFC Reyes. Requesting permission from Dr- from Dylan, Doctor Staff, Sergeant Slicer, last recruit to bust the Chow line, sir. You have to go, to- guys. Can you imagine all the thinking? Got to do this all the time. He lets me all the way through, and this nasty fat body comes in behind me. This nasty pork chop ass fat body behind me, because he was at dental. Honk ass fool. And then, and as I'm finally clearing the chow line, and all I asked them to do is put everything on my plate, and I would pour honey and syrup over everything and just shovel it in my mouth. Not even ever fucking doing it. I only got three minutes to eat three times a day. Three minutes to eat three times a day. And then my drill instructor, drill instructor says on a slide, he's like, uh, rip, he was like, report, recruit Reyes. PFC Reyes, last recruit to bust the chow line Uh, drill instructor staff sergeant's life, sir. He goes, oh, you're the last recruit? like, aye, sir. Are you sure? Aye, sir. I didn't realize the mother frapper was behind me because he just came in from dental. I look behind, my drill instructor slaps my tray up in the freaking air, all on my food, all on my face, fl- everything flying everywhere. My little freaking lemonade everywhere. Uh, I mean, you know, just humiliating the fuck out of me. That was basically my life for three and a half months. And then uh, basically they just let you know that this is called the burden of leadership. You'll be humiliated, you'll be destroyed because nothing is ever good enough and uh if you don't want it then step out
3: mm-hmm. gosh right i mean it just goes to show there's a breed of fucking human where that hardship and that grind is a catalyst for success right you you grow from it and yeah. you know not in the moment not in that moment but over a long enough period of time you bounce yeah. back, right? And uh, and I think that's a yeah. it's important to say that it's a breed of human because there's not a lot of fucking people like that that we have run into, you know, especially the petty shit, John, and w- that we oftentimes put up with in our grander circle. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's fucking there's a comma where there should be a fucking period. Uh, I want a fucking refund. You know what I mean? Like, holy yeah. shit! But uh, you know, and that's not an excuse to. Well, accept I, 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 anything but excellence, but it's just, no, you know, but it's, I mean, it's interesting to hear Rudy's perspective on this, because even before the show, we were talking about, you know, and you, you don't have to get into it, Rudy, but you're like, man, I had a, I had a rough upbringing. And it's an American, a fact. And then an that was what you qualified it yeah, as, because, you know, Tex and I and John, and you just a fraction of what you have traveled and seen around the world can start to appreciate that. But there's a whole fucking slew of people that have no fucking clue what that means because they haven't been to fucking Africa. They haven't been to some of the, the, the Missed. armpit of the, of the fucking universe to realize Missed. what, a, Congo. What, what is a hard
1: time? Well, no, you know? well the other one too is, uh, you know, as Rudy can speak on from having traveled. I mean, when you meet people here that are, uh, like emo and like, Oh, nothing's right. Everything's terrible in your life. It's like, you're an American motherfucker. You need to go to some of these places. I mean, I mean, like, you got the lottery ticket. You're like, here.
2: Yeah, seriously. Like the,
1: uh, like, uh, I know the documentary you're talking about about the ethnic cleansing in I Bosnia. but Remember what That was my impetus. That was my
2: impetus. I know exactly what you're talking m- about.
1: When I was in college, uh, I took a, a class that was called Afro-American Studies 142 A and B, and it was a um, you know, third world films deal, and we watched a bunch of that stuff. But I also remember uh, seeing some of the documentary about, um, and I cannot remember the name, uh, about the American. Af- Afghani uh, little boys that uh, with the yeah, sex yeah. trade, Bachi, Bachi. Oh, boy. that's it. Yeah, yes. Oh my uh, god!
2: Don't get me. Yeah, bro. Uh,
1: I uh, like. You remember the little boy says, I, I have, "I'm ruined." I, I have never. I'm ruined. I have He's never. He's saying, I, "I'm ruined." I have a. Uh, I got two daughters. Yeah. I, I got twin little girls and a little and a son. And uh, as a parent, like. Uh, like if you guys haven't seen it you know like it, you, you need a strong stomach but um i will never in my life ever think like uh at some point you know the uh, uh you know like any <laughs> the fact that we even turned that place into a parking lot after seeing that place fucking bl- uh that movie blew me away i was like my god and that's their cultural deal man people just don't have value and i think um perspective i mean people just lack the perspective which you know just blows my mind so nah yeah that shit fucking tore and me that's
3: up. not also not an excuse to try and make what we have a better place you know what i mean which i think we all have the power to do that type of shit and rudy that's what you're fucking i mean that's why you enlisted right is to yes i thought i was just here to, to push the needle right uh, to make uh to make a difference
2: and to uh stand for something and protect those who who needed uh support and uh i just i just believe that i have to sacrifice my life alongside other young men to fight for good that's yeah. it i didn't know bigger pictures than that fuck um, isn't that idealistic yeah of course what's wrong with that
1: I mean it, but but what's so kind of pure about it is here you this idea of good where the but the people necessarily drawing the pieces and pushing the pieces on the table aren't yeah. don't have the same agenda no many times it's their own personal agenda yeah so I mean that's always kind of makes me uh, wow
2: yeah well John the uh, brothers infantry infant is child soldier in uh, 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 baby baby soldier infant um why because a, a little child a little boy is easy to convince through idealism and lack of experience to fight and to uh, kill and dominate and or be destroyed mm-hmm. um, for a great cause and that's why that's where the term infantry comes from infant wow. child soldier uh, as
4: we Rudy, know now do you we're think older. yes sir. <clears throat> Sorry, Rudy. Do you think that all Americans should have some, at least two years of minimal service, no matter the age? So, not talking draft, but just required service, such as Israel does.
2: I would love that. Um, so interesting, Alex Skarsgard. Alexander Skarsgard from *Jen uh, Kill*. You know, he's become a superstar through *True Blood* and *Tarzan* and all these features. Um, by the way, he's put me in a couple of jobs. From, oh no, shit. I've not asked a thing. He is just a freaking good man to me. Why? Because he did two years compulsory service as a Marine in Sweden. Oh, wow. His father and I are very close, too. I think it would be great. I think it would be great um, so that we all can understand each other better, mostly so that we all understand each other better and understand how blessed we are to be here. Um I don't know if you guys see the parallels with Rome and such is my is my is my service almost a mercenary service I mean, as a contractor is it, is it a mercenary service and if so then um, please be careful because uh, we're going to lose we're going to lose we're going to lose the ideal and lose the ethos and damn sure lose the virtue in our culture if we're just a mercenary force for fighting and domination y'all I wish I could tell you all gosh you guys don't even freaking know man (laughs) out there we got you okay okay hey y'all you know how you guys had scouts in your day looking for you all do you guys know we had scouts out there looking for us
1: did you guys know that? Like, like talent scouts, like in Hollywood. No, I, I'm kidding. That's a joke. Talent <laughs> scouts, like like military how, talent. How
2: scouts. good are you, fucking smoking motherfuckers and shooting people in the face, mm-hmm. and fucking handling business surreptitiously? How mm-hmm. good can you kidnap fools? How good? <laughs> Do you well, know that we had uh, scouts there, guys. Did you I, ever hear that? I firmly no. believe
1: that there are nefari- there are people out there that are hunting for nefarious people that can do nefarious things. And with that, and you know, clandestine deal. I mean, you know, why why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to run an efficient the corporation, world. then yes. you got to go out. and You got to find efficient players.
2: John, you're exactly right. This is. But remember, in my day, well, and I was a team leader. I just noticed that there was some. Badass dudes about my age now with fun, cool little beards and hip ass weapon systems and, and some fun, cool shit going on and kicking it with me and shooting the breeze and shit. Well, you know, we're toweling off our hair and our freaking armpits, this little thing. Or next thing you know, I'm getting a water, or you know, I get some word that he's gonna attach to us because he's gonna do some freaking hit, uh, um, and then do some human exploitation stuff or whatever. Next thing you know, his hair's cut. He's got his exactly the same camis as we do in gear and shit like that. It's such a trip, yo. Many people don't understand the incredible business of warfighting. Mm-hmm. and everything that goes into it and um, it can be nebulous it can also be really beautiful and altruistic um, nobody ever talks about any of this stuff because I don't know why um, I was a con I did a state department job and stuff and basically I was hired because I was so naive and so sweet with people no one imagined that the person I was working for was smuggling drugs in and out of the country <laughs> Yeah. Right. So interesting. It's interesting. Uh,
1: it? Like for for a person like you who is pretty idealistic, how do you kind of balance um, you know working you know let's say in a job or necessarily with people that don't have the same Uh, you know, ideals in a lot of way. I mean, you were in it for the purity, let's say, and worked for people that were in it for personal gain or, um, you know, to necessarily, you know, Uh. not in the same vein to say it nicely. And uh, I just wonder how you wrestled with that when uh, all of a sudden you pulled back and saw that The Wizard of Oz wasn't who you thought it was.
2: Thank God I was just in such a... Thank God I was fucking fighting for my life and my team's life and all of us were slaying in Fallujah thank God all y'all out there I just gotta let y'all know we were rocking and rolling overt and covert for nine months straight not Temple in Fallujah and Ramadi and I ate chow with those cats from Blackwater in the morning and um, by the way they were arrogant and overconfident and wearing Under Armour shirts and a bunch of fucking, quite frankly, a bunch of freaking sports type of bullshit. Bunch of, bunch of freaking arrogant bums. And through that day, I got chopped to do a sniper position for for CAG, for Delta. And then on the hook, we're hearing about these freaking Blackwater clowns getting hung up, strung up, burned up. They ran out there, y'all, to get chicken and to get liquor and they didn't have no machine guns and they didn't have enough ass. and you know as men when we say enough ass like a fucking big booty on a woman it's not just that what we really mean is assets mm-hmm. they didn't have any of that they thought they were too cool for school and they are all freaking ridiculous jokers because guess what I, l- I realized later me and my people had way more combat experience than any of these contractors at that time they'd been riding that graving train they'd done the SEALs and Rangers and recon and stuff like that in the 90s but They didn't freaking stay in and rock and roll with us in 2001, 2003, 2004, 2005. Hubris, 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 hubris. And I saw a little bird get fucking blown right out of the sky above me with a Grail missile system. Uh, A Russian heat seeker system blew this freaking bird right out of the sky above my head we oh, were rocking it man you know it's it's just wild it's just wild it's not like the movies it's not like anything like that it's uh, very intimate and eventually your people get fun- uh, hurt killed and then you kill a bunch of them and we shut down Fallujah for quite some time because anybody out there at night digging or anybody even with a shell walking around we killed you it was a different time it was an interesting
3: time so is it all this experience I mean because you consulted as well on the generation kill gig right I did I did so I, were you uh, able to, were you able to in, in insert any of that realism I did I did at best as,
2: as best I could but I realized now looking back I I was in so much pain myself and so much I was in so much uh, um, I, had, I, I was lost I had no idea what I was doing and who I was and what I was meant for anymore and and i I did my best, but then when they would but then they brought up some things that were quite hard for me, like when tromley in the vehicle ahead of me shot those kids, I remember we had just got the oh, you all you have no idea how freaking tired we were. We hadn't slept in at least a week we were wearing mop suits running and gunning, fighting, going through freaking horror, fighting, running and gunning, fighting, digging, fighting, fighting. We got the word just as I set up my freaking cami nets for my team and I just laid down for five minutes and then I had to go attack this airstrip. And we were told um, anyone on the airstrip is considered hostile. But me and my teammates were quite uh, experienced. We right behind Tromley. We could tell that these were just shepherds and they were too little to be enemies. But Tromley, picking rock or, you know, put a burst of 556 five, from the saw into this little child. This is the, the truth about any corporate biz. We didn't have enough recon marines by then we needed more to do this invasion and so we had people like Tromley and others with no schooling no training not like us no discernment uh, put into the units so that we could spearhead this invasion and so people made mistakes sometimes and they you know they killed or hit and killed these folks and and when i found out that they were just innocent I, I had such hatred and rage to Tromley especially because again he was not a recon marine and he was a freaking weak body we can't handle weakness y'all we cannot handle a weak body because we know all of us as athletes at the moment you're tired you're not thinking if you're not thinking you're a freaking casualty. so uh, yeah it's just it was just immense it was just immense and they weren't going to, they were going to, somebody high up said, fuck those kid you know, fuck the people that you shot, just let them fucking die, and somebody else said, no, let's get them some medical attention, and then somebody else said, my colonel was like, well, all right, we're bringing them back to get medical attention, but understand that if any of you all get hit, or any other Marines get hit for seven hours, no one's coming for you all. So you've sacrificed yourself for these people. That's all I know. It's interesting, it's wild, right? So I'm watching this in the gosh dang film. I lose my freaking mind because every because the actors are all like, God, Rudy Reyes, you guys are freaking savages. Or you guys are freaking disgusting. I freaking lost my mind. I couldn't, I imagine, imagine, or, uh, with the director, producer, and by then we had this I don't give a shit what you freaking ever say Simon Kellen Jones anybody out there ever listen to Simon Kellen Jones this punk ass holier
1: than thou who is D- that who, who is it?
2: Simon this? Kellen Jones
1: is he an he, actor is he a director a director
2: and this piece of freaking garbage had the gall to say to me well that's why I get paid the big bucks when I asked I asked him a question and he was so upset quite frankly because all the freaking girls wanted to hang out with me and Eric Cooker and everybody all the actors wanted to freaking run guns and do kickboxing with me and Eric Cooker and he for the first time was you know Uh, an afterthought simon kellen jones so then we went to this little freaking party or whatever i'm this stupid fool i don't know if he was tearing up on drugs or alcohol whatever he grabbed me around my freaking body i exploded threw him uh into the ceiling (laughs) threw him into the ceiling his feet hit the ceiling he dropped on his head unconscious this ridiculous fool um And I started thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? We're making a movie about what we went through, which, by the way, ain't shit compared to Fallujah and Ramadi the next time. God dang, guys. I was so scarred from all the shit that I did the next fucking tour.
1: What movie was this? Generation Kill. This was Generation Kill? Yeah. I'm
2: making just a little, little seven eight week little freaking pump of fighting and shit that ain't shit can you imagine being freaking Volusia or romani continuous overt covert continuous holy moly oh. just the, the immensity of it it was a trip anyway so i i had nothing to say except how do i make everybody better and and I asked the wardrobe ladies to like tailor my shirts cuz take away some of the extra fabric on my waist. I mean,
1: that's what I did. <laughs> yeah? What what else are you going to do? It's a trip.
2: I brought my little brother Michael out there. Nice. And you know me. I like to just share. He didn't appreciate it really at the time. He's like, oh, "I miss my dog. I miss my my, my mother Frapper."
1: Uh, where where were you guys filming?
2: South Africa and Mozambique.
1: Oh, well. Dang. <laughs> yeah, enjoy
2: <laughs> I, it. He got his dang bodyguard. He, he's eating freaking great chow. We can
1: live. I know. I've, I've, uh, I've never been to Africa. Uh, Tex and Luke got to go to Africa, yeah. and unfortunately. Cape Town. Yeah, I didn't get to go. love
2: Cape Town. Yes, I brought Michael there, too. Just, it was a trip. Anyway. Yeah, man, I, how do you even begin all this stuff? Uh, you know, you start out as a kid, and you want to be Bruce Lee and Spider-Man and um, Tarzan. Uh,
1: if um, I, I, uh, I always have this uh, this debate with people, and it's kind of a, even a debate within myself. I always wonder if uh, great men are born, or great men are great men because of the situations... That they, had, Yeah, that they develop. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, why is it that we have these incredible figures that we look back on, uh, you know, with different points? I mean, people were talking about like, you know, a- Abraham Lincoln with the civil war and this, I mean, was he just an average or just a normal person? I mean, obviously not, but, uh, you know, is it great men who happen to be in the great time or is it just the great time that forges it? Um, as i'm listening to this i keep thinking to myself what had happened to rudy reyes if you hadn't gone to the military or if we hadn't had a way for you necessarily to display all this with uh with a 911 attack what, what do you think you would have done i
2: don't know i was already a world champion kickboxer um my character was correct i was with sheree my same woman um i don't know if there was a choice though if if that would have happened While I was not in the Marine Corps, I I was already in the Marine Corps. I can't imagine if I was not in the Marine Corps and I saw that attack, I would have to, um, because I recognize how privileged I am to be... um, an Orphan in the United States of America in the Omaha the Omaha home for boys We got our hair cut every two weeks uh, We did our chores and I drove the tractor. I ran the freaking chow hall We got paid 60 cents or 75 cents a job depending how hard it was not an hour a job It could be three or four hours, but you get 75 cents or 60 cents depending on what you got. You had a time card We had weights and I had a great freaking wrestling freaking uh, team and my coach was the dean of boys so only in America could you have so much freaking going for you uh, when I heard about Kosovo, that was all it took for me. I got to stand for something. I got to freaking step up and help these kids. I got to, I got to fight. If anyone's going to put their f- feet out there to fight, I have to be next to them. And even though I'm scared, even though I don't never shot anybody, even though I don't even know how to use assault weapons, I don't know any of that stuff. I'm scared to even hurt anybody. All my fights I ever won in the ring, I just. I would even freak, I would sidekick people into the stomach or kick them in the f- head or, or or knock hit them with the right hand and af- once it connected I would always look away cuz I didn't want to see them in pain and hurt even though they'd be unconscious or whatever like that you know what I mean um, but if there's a if there's a travesty and if there's an absolutely tyranny, uh, uh, tyranny must be stopped so that's why I joined and if, and if that would have happened later, I don't know what. I, you know what? I'm, I would have been happy working at Denny's. I'd be happy working at Denny's, doing my plyometrics, uh, jump rope, and some gymnastics.
1: I don't. I don't buy it. Maybe not. No, I don't, I don't buy it. You know why? I mean, it's. Um, I mean, people have always looked for ways to measure themselves against other people well we do yeah you have to you have to (laughs) you constantly always have to know how good or bad you are that's true and i think that as you go on you have to continue to measure yourself against you know uh smaller and smaller groups yeah and um you know i don't see you necessarily slinging burgers at denny's just doing some plyometrics i I see you out there trying to do something else and i mean
2: oh holy moly now that you mentioned that i thought about Setting up the first freaking Kansas City chapter of the Guardian Angels. Vigilantes! <laughs> no, for real. Patrolling the streets. Freaking taking care of my community. That's what I thought about doing.
4: Frontier justice. Ooh.
2: Provide and protect. Holy moly, y'all. You guys are too young to even remember. John won't remember you too, are you too young? I fought in the gosh dang God dang Rodney King mother frappin riots in Kansas City at 31st and Maine son so you were out there whooping ass you were out there I got mauled, and um, I fought uh, my two little we just got out of kung fu at at 2100 and we were trying to get to we were on 31st and Oak and there was a massive riot going on probably four or five hundred black folk and my dumbass girlfriend was... She didn't want to run over anybody. You know what I mean? She was too stupid. I was like, you need to get us through this intersection. Because we're probably going to be killed. She couldn't freaking drive. So I freaking jumped on top of her. I drove uh, on top of her and ran over a few people. But I had to, man. Yeah. It's only me and two my two little brothers and her little fucking white ass. 100-pound white girl with oh, fucking blue eyes. for get it. So... um we roll uh two blocks up i bang that left on oak two cars follow us oh of course so it really goes down y'all um and you know i'm sorry some of y'all out there you think you're ethnic and my skin looks light but i'm mexican as all get out and i have more soul than any fools <laughs> so i get out of my car i say um Lisa, call the police. We have a phone in the little apartment, hood-ass apartment. This is Oak and 31st Street. These brothers f- uh driving to my driveway. Holy smokes, man. Um, the lead guy from that was driving opens up his door. Of course, I immediately leap, front kick that door, and crush his arm and fuck him up. And so he doesn't get back out. The guy on the right side comes out with a full beer bottle and throws it. It hits the tree right next to me, and remember, I, I'm only nineteen or twenty. Caesar's seventeen, Michael's fifteen or sixteen. The beer breaks, and the glass hits my head. This is this is where this scar is from, right here. You see all you see that scar? But I was so fired up, I thought it was just beer. That was just beer. It was all fucking blood coming all sure. over my face. I'm like, come on, motherfucker! I mean, you know, it's just me and Michael and Caesar. I'm 155. 160 pounds at a time I gotta go hard I only got Mikey and Caesar with me another cat throws a freaking beer at us full beer it hits the apartment building it falls down right here Caesar Reyes the freaking ninja steps on it steps on the beer spins it like backwards with his foot and as it's spinning he goes I don't want to have to kick y'all's ass or no no I don't want no trouble. I'll kick your fucking ass if need be. And then he kicked the bottle, hit their freaking windshield, exploded. The next guy wheeled around for me. I freaking went in, two-hand pushed him, big sidekick, and uh, I think his boy might have run over him a little bit, one of his legs, after I freaking dumped him. And it was incredible. And they, they all ran away. The two cars ran away. And um, a little later that night, they burglarized all the cars down the fucking block. <laughs> uh, this is like Rodney King time, 92, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's wild times, man. I never gave up. Um, I just taught my brothers to lift weights at the YMCA, do Shaolin Kung Fu with John Reader and, um, and have work ethic and be good to
3: women. And I mean, now, so you're now, you do a lot of, speaking right i do i guess kinda i just help folks and um i've got a speaking engagement
2: tomorrow in in indiana and uh really just helping
3: Uh, and then does the message change based off audience or is it the same message you know know. just just do the right thing and fucking don't quit right yes and uh give people respect and love give give your
2: audience respect and love Most of your audience is struggling too for for that uh, uh positive mental attitude and and uh having the grace themselves um in this modern world it seems to me and I mean, I mean this with all sensitivity. Um, the masculine and the male, and the warrior caste, and also straight up uh, base human survival and um, roles to create a human race have uh, been so convoluted. Um, I'm a sweetheart. And, uh, you know, I watch a, a gosh dang um, infomercial. I might cry if you got some old folks and some kids in it. Uh, but first and foremost, what I'm designed to do here in, on this planet, first and foremost, is absolutely fight, kill, repel anyone that wants to hurt my women and children, and to protect the village. So that's it, first. Then hunt. Then after that, then we can start raising children too. But first and foremost, you must be able to fight and protect
3: the women and children. And that's Uh, you think that's universally everybody. It's it's genetic. Well, of course. Well, I mean, for you, Rudy, we know that. I mean, we know that it's it's proven, written in fucking stone, man. Yeah, look at the animal kingdom. Same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's base nature, and and
2: uh, it's not um, macho. Uh, it's not misogynistic by any means, because remember, us men, we don't have no children if we don't have a good woman in our life.
1: Yeah, then how come um, if if you think that's an intern, like like a, a you know base level instinct, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. then how come so few people subscribe to uh, it
2: as a base drive.
1: I mean, Which is a look, at, look at your upbringing. Look how you were raised. I mean, we were talking about, uh, before this, but I mm-hmm. mean, you know, did uh, you know you as a three-year-old little boy, I mean, the people that were put in charge to necessarily watch you did not uh, no show intent. you any kindness and didn't raise you as uh, to protect the children and, and uh, you know.
2: For sure, and that's why that line will die out. Um, my early childhood and, and from the Quintanilla side and from my mother's father's side, I mean— that's why they will die out. Uh, they're abusive, and um,
1: but I mean that's you, so prevalent, like especially in the Latino community. It like,
2: is. I, I would say, well, I don't know. I saw it in the um, um, in the Middle Eastern communities yeah. too, in, in Iraq as well, uh, and in Afghanistan, and, and I Africa, I've, yes, and Africa as well. I've seen this kind of uh, sexual abuse, destruction. Um, Maybe it's just because I'm educated, or because I've been blessed to. Be.
1: Because you know better.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been in Babylon, you know. Gosh dang, how many people you all know been to Babylon, man? I've been yeah. to freaking Babylon. Only bro. in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And on that Euphrates, and been around the world and such. Um, once you know that, well, gosh dang, remember when we would watch Bruce Lee, and. Uh, um, Enter the Dragon, or, or if we watched, f- freaking Karate Kid, m- freaking Mr. Miyagi. We watched freaking First Blood. If we watched uh, Rocky, Motherfrappin' Four,
1: or uh, mother- Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon, probably one of my favorite kind of, uh, martial arts movies ever. <laughs>
2: Show enough. Show enough. Who's the baddest man up and down around
1: this Dude. town? Dude. To this day, one of my favorite Show movies. No. <laughs> kiss my converse <laughs> right it's one of the best brother I haven't
2: seen it in so long but uh, I dude, still I, I, I did like it was nothing like yeah uh, god damn um, all these uh, silly folks out here in America um, I love y'all even you know I love all of you guys that um, have dreams and 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 love and, and care about human rights and I love all of you that um, are so idealistic that you're still doing your very best, even though uh, you're doing your very best to believe in something so great. But just to let you all know, there's no such thing as human rights. There's no such thing as women's rights. There's no such thing as children's rights. There's no such thing as labor's, labor laws. There's no such thing as any of that. This is only what first world people kind of throw around. And Americans really throw it around. But uh, violence trumps everything. Violence is the uh, absolutely pinnacle, um, ace of spades. And if you don't know how to handle violence and be able to use violence tactically, and if you don't know that when you lose electricity for, for a week or there's no plumbing for a week and... People start getting desperate with water and food. They, there will be horrible murder, and they'll take your women and your children, or kill your children, and take your women. So if you don't understand that, just go spend some time in the Congo, go spend some time in Mozambique, go spend some time in
1: Iraq i always think if you take like a westernized society and you start removing things i mean i remember uh you know power goes out or uh you know all of a sudden basic you know human services go down and all of a sudden man people really um will revert to their most basic instincts
2: absolutely isn't it and it can also be beautiful you'll you'll find some great character in people too but not much um most uh, uh most people do not have great character they've not ever really
3: developed it um we have a strange society go ahead. Do you have a way? So what's what's the character test? And then you know, how do you know? Do you I think it's a daily practice? Can you can you test it in the in America? Can you get a true um, test
1: of character? I'm gonna jump in and tell you that a uh, character is something that um, It is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I never I always thought about you know, like how do people view you? You know, is that necessary your character and it wasn't until I had kids Mm -hmm. and I started and you know and then you look at like how you raise your kids and then all of a sudden you see your kids do things that are a reflection of you and then that becomes almost like a looking glass for your character and then you think about what do I what do I want my children to remember about me you know like if all of a sudden I'm gone and my kids are on a podcast like this uh, what stories are they going to tell what um, you know what lessons have they learned how has their life come up and what can I teach them Mm -hmm. and I think like much like you know Rudy going in the Marines and you know and all these you know different lessons that they taught them as a parent you almost have to arm your kids and I've told you guys this a million times what skills am I going to arm my kids with and I, I have two daughters so I have to arm them with even more skills because there's degenerate scumbags out there and uh, they have to be well, ready for that but I also have to right raise right. a little boy to be a man and unfortunately yeah I got a little oh, boy that's
2: awesome I got a boy in a go
1: yeah I, I got two girls well, well when we're done with this I'll take you over there okay. and uh, you'll meet my little boy he's pretty cool and, how old is he? Uh, he's uh, 15 months
3: Podow, little. Man man.
1: Oh yeah, is no. He walking, he's, oh, little, yeah. little big out.
3: man. Little big man. Uh, he First sprints. Yeah, he,
1: pops. he uh, he's he's a cool little kid. But a um, uh, but I, I always think about uh, you know, you can kind of imagine what your character is, and maybe people tell you, but it isn't until you get to see the looking glass of your kids, yes. or how you treat your wife, or these other things that gives you an accurate depiction of it. And uh, I firmly believe that not everybody should have children, yeah. but I believe that everybody needs to have kids just so that you have that. But unfortunately there's a lot of fucking bad people that shouldn't be able to procreate
2: yes John uh, brothers um, tax loop a couple hundred years ago there was no way for children to go forward unless everything was so uh, uh, on the up and up to the austere conditions and or if your stuff was regulated through some kind of um, you know kingship and, and bloodline which, by the way, doesn't make you strong. Genetic hyper-vigor is when people from different places come together, genetic hyper-vigor. And if you did not have genetic hypervigor, you just die, die of immune system issues or skeletal issues or, or what have you. Um, I witness this. I mean, I fight in this. I've, I've been in villages in Iraq with 90 percent albinos, as you
1: all. Yeah, you. We talked about Bible. that earlier, but but you, you were saying that the uh, the amount of inbreeding within some of these places is yes. so high that just the genetic abnormalities is insane.
2: It is because you're dealing with sectarian warfare and and, and blood coups and and grievances of uh, tribes and families for thousands of years since the Bible was written. Imagine what you know as a first world warrior. And a humanist, what I felt when I got there. And then they thought that with my medics, we could give them medicine to take away their albinoism and their tumors. Gosh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? These, no. these folks coming to us and...
1: Can you cure this? Thinking,
2: yeah, they thought that we could. Looking at us like superheroes. Um, gosh, oh, well, um, Gosh, dang... So, so after we cut off the head of the regime, and after we, fucked, it's so so immense, just killing everybody we had to kill in front of us to keep going through and destroying, f- destroying, and then and then also us being destroyed too, in our souls. Um, we were so professional, so aggressive that we could, that we not t- only a few of us got wounded, but we were so aggressive after we were stood down after a few days we were all losing our minds and then we wanted to go out to start helping with water and, and humanitarian missions god damn just freaking massive freaking ethnic cleansing between people just freaking bodies everywhere even though i mean i already dealt with tons of bodies i already killed a lot of bodies but now it's just bodies from the Iraqis is killing iraqis and
1: Hmm. Do you think it's that um, it's just the lack or the the lack of value placed on life?
2: Oh, of course, there's no.
1: No, this is a very is, little value it, play, Is that, play that an educational thing? Mind. Is that a cultural thing? Is that a religious thing, or is it just fucking the way it is in the rest it's, of the world?
2: Well, in some ways, if you look at you know other mammals, not much different than other mammals.
1: Then, um, then why? Um, This is the thing I can't really understand is, um, you know, we have these, like you said, like first world people, you know, the idealistic, this, we need to Mm -hmm. go out and help these people. Mm -hmm. And um, what I think people don't, you know, we've said it, you know, one of my favorite quotes and I credit Greg Glassman with it, people fail at the margins of their experience. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. don't have any perception of of that world and how it exists. And then they're so shocked when these things happen. Yeah, they get rocked. Yeah, And it's, it's almost like, I mean, because if you really think it's the ability to sit in the ivory tower where everything's great, like here we are in Olympus where mm-hmm. with you know, the other mm-hmm. gods and we can look down where everything's beautiful mm-hmm. and safe and we live this you know, storybook life and we look mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. we can't imagine the atrocities. And if only we show them Olympus, then the atrocities won't happen. Yeah. And little do they know that you know and, and we, we got a glimpse of this when we go into the world and we try to spread you know w- what they sell us is you know uh, we have to provide freedom for people we have there to go know. in there and save them when in actuality like this is the way it's been since the beginning of time
2: oh it is it's a savage and a, a tyrannical and absolutely um, cruel despot world and I've seen I've, I've been a part and s- I've witnessed so much um, desperation, destruction, uh, uh, corruption. You all, you have no idea all the freaking suitcases of money and all this freaking salesman. Can you guys imagine freaking salesman?
1: Poppy yeah. seeds poppy fields.
2: Salesmen for weapons. Hey, San Reyes, you know, just try this thing out. It's freaking really hot. You no know, will run it in 6.8. It's just suppressor press. I tried to... Oh, can I and my you know my commander is like sure Sergeant Reyes.
1: so you fan of the 6.8 I uh,
2: I mean because I didn't buy the ammo you
1: mean because <laughs> it's expensive yeah 6.8 is expensive um, I mean it's, it, it, the... it shoots really well suppressed with it, a short it does, barrel
2: it does but it's was about making money out there I had no idea this guys until my last one in Fallujah and Ramadi I didn't realize that any of this had to do with money I didn't Till then.
1: Well, uh, one, one of our uh, one of our good friends, uh, you know, uh, Ground Branch guy, made an Jeff. interesting point that was uh, wars of occupation are about transfers of wealth. Of course, you know, I say. mean, it's transferring of wealth from taxpayers through the government to private contractors and different companies. Of course, and that's how these things happen. Of course. Um, on a side note, uh, favorite weapon system:
3: bare hands.
2: With guns, with knives, with his
1: yeah. Well, well I mean, I'm I'm happy to go with uh, edge weapons, but I'm also you know uh, if you I were like the to... G3,
2: I like the FN FAL or the G3, mm-hmm. the battle rifle in 7.62, because it's big, uh, big enough to use for a weapon, hand to hand, more robust than the M16 with the 762 m- more stable and more freaking killing and knockdown power as well uh and they're still going for 50 years and still so strong that's probably my favorite as a battle rifle but of course everything in the M4 system because you can rock and roll with uh, keeping your right hand on the freaking shooting parts and then all other manipulations with your left hand it's fantastic for that platform too but then I teach the AK as well and if you know what you're doing with the AK you freaking rock that magazine come underneath freaking put it into condition one and rock and roll
1: Did, did you guys use the AK much?
2: I teach it in uh, the governments and other other countries.
1: See so the idea is they have yeah, so you you know battlefield pickups or necessarily you go into a situation oh, that's where what
2: that's yeah, what they have. That's what they have. That's what they have because it's the cheapest. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, so I have to know how to do all that stuff. And the AK is a really great platform too. Uh, close quarter, fantastic. I learned from a Green Beret Dan Pauly, and uh, yeah, man, shit. You know what the most important weapon system the best weapon system for anybody to have is the one that
1: they have. Yeah. that's a good point too well what did we say earlier don't fear a man with 10,000 kicks that's fear right. the man who's learned one kick 10,000 10, times. times
2: that's right mm-hmm. one mind any weapon one mind any well, weapon
1: it's like when you uh, you know you ever go shoot and somebody just has one just the only gun I got you better be good with that absolutely and because I've, I've gone out and shot with dudes that literally bust open suitcases and I'm like have you shot any of these <laughs> you know
2: I would recommend just like in martial art just like in lifting and uh, sports and performance and such Acqu- uh, acquaint yourself with everything you can. Mm-hmm. Learn from everybody. Um, know your basic systems, um, whether you know the Glock, the, uh, the 1911, the Beretta, uh, the SIG, the um, CZ. With assault rifle, know your M4, M16 system, uh, your SCAR. Learn your freaking FNFAL, uh, and 7.62, your AKs and your AK derivatives. And then learn your basic bolt guns too. I'm a sniper as well. Um, Sniper sniper work is very difficult. You you must do your data, you must shoot your data, and understand your you know weather conditions and write your data in. And it's an incredible
1: craft. No shooting long distance is uh, truly a craft. uh, craft. It's a a skill.
2: It's a craft. Uh, But the warrior mindset is number one. One mind any weapon. That warrior mindset. Uh, even my belt, like somebody was yesterday was talking about if somebody's coming out with them knife. I took off that freaking belt. I swung that freaking belt buckle at them. They're like, whoa, 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 I don't want none of that. So, um, just think always arm yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This chopside.
4: So sock, Rudy, chopstick. Rudy. Just arm oh, yourself. sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Uh, I had the opportunity to read your book about a no year way. ago. So he, uh, here I live in. Yeah. So I guess this is an opportune time. Could you introduce kind of the seven strides, right? We're talking about that that optimal weapon, and you provide what you refer to as a whetstone for each yeah. of the strides. Yeah, uh, well, so,
2: thank you. Well, she it.
4: Yeah. She I'd love to go into that okay, and uh, all, sharpen in that hero.
2: Thank you, my brother. The pretext is this. I got a dang book deal because I was some kind of freaking celebrity because of HBO and some stuff like that. Guess what, y'all? Um, I uh, am allergic to I'm allergic to freaking celebrity, and I'm allergic to, um, I'm allergic to being a big shot when I know ten dudes better than me at yeah, every yeah, freaking enough. thing I do. So when I got that book deal, everybody was like, "Rudy, tell me about this battle, not battle." And I've done some heavy shit, right? <laughs> but. But I'm not gonna freaking write a book about it when I know that my boys have died on those ops, or brothers, or, or, or they would die later, or the families are struggling, and and like I'm struggling, like my wife and I are divorced. I mean, fuck, am I gonna write books about this kind of freaking glamour? And uh, so I decided, well, then maybe I'll just do philosophy, and um, look at um, look at these uh, paradigms and uh, platforms as the ultimate in human virtues and think about how to do it with practice not an absolute standard you see what i'm saying bro yeah totally a practice not an absolute standard let it inform you i would say about are these bars um are are they part of your cage and if they're part of your cage is holding you back or locking you in can you freaking start removing those bars and f- crafting them into uh, some kind of tool to uh, unlock that cage and move forward? Uh, and it's loosely based on the, um, the Campbell esque journey and Power of Myth and Hero of a Thousand Faces. And uh, I just wanted to give some philosophy and, and also not um, uh, and be as, as, as truthful and respectful as possible without mm-hmm. aggrandizing warfare.
1: Yeah, we were talking earlier about. I didn't um, want to do that. um, No, I'm saying. Well, when we were driving in the car, you were talking about something that kind of bothered you was the hypocrisy, where you have you know the um, you know different Hollywood actors coming out and saying you know violence is bad, guns, but they're the ones making the Jason Bourne movies and this. And and we you know or or, or even we talked a little bit about uh, you know guys you know having fairly you know story you know storyboard careers in the military and coming out and writing the tell-all book to cash in on the bin laden stuff and you talked about the uh the hypocrisy that. of it
2: yeah i can't do that it's so wild it's so wild there was a different culture remember i joined the military in the 90s bros. i was in the 90s and um we didn't even know this shit existed for crying out loud and um we call them Blue Falcons, buddy fuckers, and uh, Spotlight Rangers, we call them in Recon. Like whenever somebody's looking, then that's when you put on your red-lids flashlight and, and stuff. I mean, it's just ethically we are always against that. And that's why I do not exploit my bros when I was riding either. Um Gosh, so many guys, so many people don't even realize, so many of our brothers in Recon and now in Marsak, we die in training, man. We die in training. So many of us die in training. So many. Like, it's just another world. Um, It's such a sacrifice. And I remember when those 20 brothers, 22 brothers from Force died, when I first got to the unit, I was... 99. I was at the funeral pouring beers for all the senior guys and hearing all them freaking women crying, hearing those wives crying, hearing the kids crying. Gosh dang, and that was just freaking training. That was just the heavy stuff on a daily. You know, it's just a different what? It was just a different um, framework and structure. Uh, I didn't used to hate anybody. I didn't used to. Want to kill anybody? After fighting in the Middle East for so long, I'm always scared. I'm always scared and on edge. Whenever I hear Arabic, or if I see hijab, or um, or there's uh, uh, some kind of uh, indicator of, um, of of the Muslim religion, it, it you know it freaks me out. It scares me. The first time you are over there, I was on a counter-recon Encounter sniper patrol in Pakistan. Nobody knows that we were doing this shit. This is back in 01 when towers first fell. We were rock and rolling in Pakistan first. And it was crazy times, y'all. And um, when that sun came up and you're hearing Allah, Allah, I was so tired. I've been patrolling in this super heat, probably 200 pounds on my back. And uh, we would go back to back to rest, and when I lean back. I put my I put my scarf around my um, face. I thought, but I missed one little part right around my cheek. And in 30 minutes, about 70 freaking million flies bit me in this one little fucking cheek right here. And then I'm hearing the donkey going hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw from the the freaking Allah Akbar. Next thing you know, we're standing. Next thing you know, we're running. Now we're taking contact. Now we're shooting. Now we're fighting. And we're in a freaking sewer. I mean, it was pandemonium in the ring, y'all. And this is just one day and many days of fighting. Um, Yeah, it affects you for the rest of your life. I'll never be the same, but I don't know if I ever want to go back either. I like holding on to my hatred and rage and pain. I like holding on to the the absolute rage. Um I like to think about my my best friends who have been killed and how I can spend the rest of my life hurting and killing anyone who ever thought about hurting them. Uh because their lives meant so much to me. So that's why I have no problem killing anybody like that.
3: So you don't necessarily, you know, go, I guess, rewind a little bit, Rudy. And I understand the virtue behind why capitalize off of, you know, the sacrifices that you and a lot of these guys that are your brothers and family have made. Do you think there's merit in glorifying it? I don't or, know. I mean, it, but it's not... You guys aren't the type of guys that need the glory. You're in there just out of the principle, right? Well,
1: I, th- I think certain guys, I mean, um, you know, saw the opportunity to cash in. Like, I was thinking about the, you know, those guys going and take Ben Laden down and, you know, rid, you know written the book. They
2: good about that. And, so and
1: uh, you know, those guys made a ton of money on it. And, um, you know, and at the end of the day, like... If they can go out and um, and capitalize uh, on something they did, but I think um, in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, I kind of, you know, we like we said, we failed the margin experience. So for me, it's playing professional sports. I mean, I, I always, like, never liked the people that went and wrote the tell-all books. Mm-hmm. Like the Jose Canseco on his last dollar, so he's got to fucking out all these people or this and, you know, go tell what all is these Is that
3: because and, of... Him being on the last dollar? Like, let's say it was a non-profit, all no, donated. I, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm I, hypothetical, I, right?
1: I just always think that, like, at the end of the day, um, you know, did you do it to write a book? And I remember my, my buddy Bob Sapp, um, professional oh, fighter. Oh, right so, so i got
2: that
3: pride
1: so bob is ernesto
3: of, hurst you remember bob, ernesto hurst and bob was one,
1: bob's one of my best friends no and, way uh,
3: yeah gosh
2: dang y'all if you don't know pride fighting championship yep. fucking bro, are you serious dude, uh, what a sweetheart yes yeah, is,
1: no he, he uh he, he was at my wedding he was uh oh, he was the best man at my wedding and uh um, i love him yeah no i remember the hilarious thing my mom got hammered at our wedding and uh she got up and tried to try to Give us a toast, which went really badly, and I remember Bob. Uh, my mom's name's Doris. He's like, sit down, Dolores. Oh, I and uh, love so a uh, four hundred pound black man screaming in, in, in a room about this size, mind you. But uh, I remember Bob always talked to me, and he's like, you know, uh, he's he always said, you you know, uh, you know don't be one of those motherfuckers that writes a book and he don't sell he, out yeah don't, don't sell out sell don't write out. and what he meant was like you know like like do do your craft and there's a time and he you know he played pro, uh, pro football and then he went in and I remember when he got into the pride thing and uh, you know and all the fighting and that he was like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a place to write a fucking book, and he did. He he was he was uh, Asian Time Magazine Man of the Year multiple times, New York Times or uh, don't, don't whatever testing. don't
2: off. forget his Michael Jackson photo shoot with <laughs> yeah. his white suit and oh, black he, ma- that mother frapper hammed uh, it up.
1: No, Bob, he's a superstar in dude, Japan. Dude, Bob. we we were in. Uh, he had a big fight in Vegas. And my brother Eddie and I went, and I remember we you know went over the pre fight with him, Bob and we, sat, and we walked into the hotel. <laughs> And all of a sudden we walked in and there just happened to be about 300 Japanese tourists All at the same over time. like a cheap city. And, and, and he like walks in and like stops. And he's like, I'm like, what? He's like, don't make him, uh, like, don't move. And we're like, I thought someone's gonna kill us. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden like these fucking Asian people like happened to glance and they were like, ah! And all of a sudden, Bob breaks into character. And he also spoke Japanese fluently. God, what a stud, He he, he told me that he uh, didn't speak Japanese, went to bed that night, had a dream in Japanese, and woke up and he was fluent in Japanese the next (laughs) day.
2: I could believe that with that man, though.
1: Well, no. And and if you know Bob, you know this is fucking true. And I I, I don't know if my brother Eddie listens to the podcast, but he'll fucking text me here and be like, dude. Um, But long story short, all of a sudden, he breaks in. He starts fucking going into his whole beast thing. Mm -hmm. He stood there and took pictures and talked to these 300 people for damn near four hours.
2: Of course, that's his job. As a professional yeah.
1: entertainer, and he, I understand he, that. Yeah, and and he, I mean, it it wasn't like I'm too good, nothing. We went and we no, ate. That's his work Dude. and that's yeah. his pride. And but he, I remember, man, like there's a time and a place for everything. I just think, um, you know, uh, I'll never fault anybody for making money, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, I guess let me rephrase it, the question: Is there it, a way to do? Is there a classy way to do it? Uh, I don't know is there is there I mean um, you know like to to, to be honest I mean like you know
2: I'm ethically against against yeah yeah Yeah.
1: but I mean you went in and did the generation kill and and, 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 no 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 I didn't do the generation kill
2: those motherfuckers were lucky enough to embed with me and my Uh people and hide in the bottom of the motherfucking humvee for the whole fucking war and fucking call me and my fucking friends for fucking two months after that to piece together the fucking story so no i didn't do the generation kill they were lucky that piece of shit was lucky to be with me and my people. Yeah, to get participation, right? But and I mean he didn't even pay attention because that fucking punk ass, just a fucking bum ass, weak body. A bum weak body. Hid.
3: And there's the Rolling at, Stone dude. Yeah.
2: Called me all the time after that in my little humble telephone in Oceanside. Uh-huh. Asking me this detail
1: and that detail. And oh, and he was there, and he didn't see a single. Hell no! Because he
3: was (laughs) fucking head in the fucking sand, head in the sand, Bum. bum,
2: bum. I had no idea about any of this stuff, guys. Back yeah. Then, I went after that to fight in fucking Fallujah Ramadi. So Generation Kill is like fucking easy day compared to fucking Fallujah Yeah, Ramadi. yeah, you were saying. Sure. Right? And fucking and cutting off heads and shit like that and fucking uh, burning bodies on the freaking bridge and then freaking killing children and shit because of, they're digging in the side of the road. And I mean, just fuck. You guys have no fucking concept of real fucking hell on earth. It wasn't Generation Kill. Yeah, yeah. Not even close. That was like a, kind of like a little fucking warm up.
1: For Fallujah, Uh how come they've never come? I mean, I I guess they did make a movie with uh, um, the Chris Kyle dude from Fallujah, but they've never really ever gone in and tried to do anything from that, have they?
2: You know, I was on that op when in Baghdad with uh, the SEAL snipers too, and I don't know, man. Uh, I got to be straight with y'all. I think these war movies, most of them, are completely disingenuous and completely. Do you watch them, Rudy? No, I don't. I'll tell you why I don't. A lot of them I don't watch because I can't handle the sounds of the gunfire and the explosions and stuff. It makes me seasick because I'm hearing uh, stimulus, and my Mm -hmm. brain knows I'm not there, and I start getting seasick. And I feel it's veteran porn. It's veteran porn. It's disrespectful uh, to the the sacrifices, the... uh, um, what well, what do we call it when something is is so so very special sacredness yes. to these experiences where men give each other's lives for each other and for other people and mm-hmm. and um, and I find it's ridiculous actually I think it's absolutely ridiculous and um, last war I mean fucking war film fucking two three fucking hours and you can't even smell burning bodies what the fuck you gonna yeah. tell me about a goddamn war film and you can't smell no burning bodies and you ain't got no freaking car cordite freaking uh, um carbon in your freaking hand and in your eye and or your freaking best friend ain't dead Right. you going to tell me about some fucking war movie you gotta be shitting me it breaks my heart it makes me so sad and i realize i work in film i work in television and i write things too there is such a sadness to me that um all of this freaking blood and destruction and hatred and 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 tears and and longing and and all the the letters I wrote to my wife on my MRE cardboard, and all all of these things that it can be summed up in two or three hours for a mm-hmm. stupid fucking movie for some motherfuckers that have no idea, nor do they really care. They just want to see some badass dudes with guns and shit. I'm not interested in it at all. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ad, I think it's adolescent. I think it is. Hurtful to the women and the children Who grow up without these men um, It hurts me Some of my friends are mentally so mentally ill They're not in my life anymore I was put away for a whole year myself For mental illness I, how, do, how do you make How do you make something freaking kick ass About destruction, sacrifice And the agony and the ecstasy And the beauty of uh, the beauty of killing other men the beauty of it. So, you know, when you're killing them, they're not killing you
3: Well, I think because we're the we're the recipients the civilian population populations the recipients of the fruits of your labor and suffering You know, and they I guess there's a glory behind it perceived glory, right and people dig it man. I mean <sighs> I, I, I certainly I, I, I certainly appreciate i don't understand where you're coming from Rudy, because i'm not fucking there i believe you i'm not saying you're lying you know it's just it's a fascinating thing that there's just such a separation on well on i
1: mean that. uh dude it's it's uh you know i mean we, we've turned ourselves into such a warrior community you oh, know yeah, where yeah. where people live these whole existences like i was uh sitting with my kids this morning um trying to force my daughters to have breakfast because they're like um like butterflies. They like land, they'll eat a little bit, and then they go play and they come back and forth. So usually breakfast is like a 30 minute thing. And um, we were listening to the radio. And the uh, just know the uh, talk show or like whatever the shows are, uh, radio shows in Austin are the fucking worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this yeah, but, place yeah. has the worst radio on the planet. So as I'm listening to. Uh, this deal though the the lady was talking about that she hadn't been on uh hadn't gone out and met anybody in so long that all of her relationships and everything that she'd run into were all this kind of virtual based internet deal and you know skyping dates and this whole thing and i thought god what a what a fucking strange existence that people don't go out and meet each other and interact and like you know like uh you know it, it just like like listening to this i'm like god this isn't what i want for my kids you know just a kind of a sterile um existence you know
2: on that point i have always been engaged with people fuck I dude, boys fight, home. well dude
1: how crazy is this we when we said hey let's do a podcast you're like great uh where should i go and i'm like i think rudy is actually coming to us i came Perfect. to you bro. i know i can't fucking believe it either
2: well it's the right thing to do man yeah. um I show up for freaking people because they're, I mean, well, you all are, people are the fucking most beautiful things in the universe uh, because they have such potential for, um, for surprise and, um, and always there is a, uh, some kind of gossamer wing between what you think is possible and that step through that becomes possible. So, um, people to me are here the ultimate heroes um, i have a i struggle sometimes in in the entertainment world that i work in and some of these other things is because there's a um, there's a pervasive Pleasure machine button that you can push when you watch violence, when you watch hot you know, sex, violence, winning. It's a little pleasure machine button you push. I can't imagine anything that makes us less human than that. And when when I'm reading about what our bros and, and, and the women go through from time eternal I do not feel exploited when I see some things on this gosh dang uh, TV or movies or what have you like that almost always it feels absolutely uh, shallow and plat and, and why why aren't our, mo- our people in media that make such a grandiose uh uh, show of heroism and, and make m- incredible money on on war film and violence and and um, gun fighting and sh- shoot 'em ups and all this. How, how come they, in any way, think that that ethically they're correct, it, or that that, that, that they that they're promoting destroying other people, and regardless, and somebody says, you know what, I'm not gonna tell you her name, but she says to me, well Rudy, it's just entertainment, it's not real. I said, sweetie, it's real to me. Mm -hmm. It's real to me when you see people chopped up in pieces it's real to me when you see people shot in the face and the head that's real to me when i when i see someone beating to death another person it's real to me well we don't mean it that way
3: so, was that was that somebody who's involved in, in yeah. the creation of the entertainment yeah you know producer or whatever producer yeah um I
2: loved her, I, I still love her so much, and one of the most brilliant people in the world, and so skilled, and beautiful, sexy, in a man's world, in, in freaking Hollywood or wherever the hell, What actually no, let me take that back, it's not a man's world i was in la for a week there ain't a single fucking man in the whole fucking place no i gotta be straight with you i'm yeah, not being, yeah. I'm not being a, a jerk well i'm I mean, telling you they def- just no fine man um they can't fight and smash others in the face if they
1: well if the only definition of man is they stand when they pee then um then i'm sure a lot of them sit but uh oh, yeah i mean it's it's, uh, it's just a weird Ridiculous.
2: Place, it's so ridiculous and men should never care about their fashion men should care about their style
3: mm. what's but the difference there's Ooh. a
2: big difference fashion comes and goes
1: well we like both
2: oh it's alright that's, <laughs> uh, that's alright I got this beard what's that that's right, that's right that could be swagger in the style so um,
1: now if we could shave it like uh, if you could let Rudy style the beard I'm mm-hmm. thinking I don't know what we, maybe like we go Amish to shave the, the centers
2: no, I probably what I'd look at it right now is actually not look great, but I might trim it down just a tad on the mm-hmm. sides, yeah. and then undercut it, and then freaking uh, really bring out this Leonidas <laughs> to the front here. That sounds about right, like a you duck feel bill,
3: like yeah, a duck bill.
2: Yeah, duck bill. Yes, yes. And then I'd make sure that I get that freaking mustache cut really good here, so you still get that good. Lip.
1: Are, are are you going to shave the beard for the wedding?
2: I don't know, man. When are you getting married,
1: dog. I don't know. So oh, no! Luke, Luke just proposed to his girl last weekend. This uh-huh. last couple days. Oh, wonderful! After brother. dating for over ten years, he finally oh, decided so to make the
2: commitment. Oh, thank you! Thank you! <laughs> thank you.
3: Fantastic. She, she wore me down. <laughs> oh no,
2: you love, her, brother! Oh, of course, that's so fantastic! Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love my, I love my Hollywood uh, girl too. But you know what? She's from New York, and she's an immigrant mm-hmm. from Croatia. Oh. and you guys would love the f- mother. F- Rap and hail out of her. Mm-hmm. I invite her to Summer Strong every time. Hopefully, she'll come next time.
1: Well, what, well, what about the Power Athlete Symposium?
2: Oh, she, oh, absolutely. All she wants to do is improve herself always because she's, you know, Eastern well, Bloc. Uh-huh. Well,
1: the Power Athlete Symposium in December. In oh, Las I'm Texas.
2: coming, dog. I'm, right. I'm coming, know. dog. And well, and we'll you know, see. So, you, we'll this is see. just we'll a see. sneak
3: preview, Rudy. Uh, you know, this is the setup, this is the plan for. Uh, we're just going to sit you and John down and see where it takes. Us. Oh, fantastic. You know, we so. haven't
2: even scratched the surface.
3: I know. Uh, we haven't even it's, done it's, nothing yet. It's going to get weird.
2: Uh <laughs> it's it's a wild it's a wild scene. It's a wild scene. Um all you kids out there and also you adults, I guess or whatever. Uh, you know what? No, all you people who want more um out of your life and uh, and are missing something because it hurts really bad some days to get up and and you're scared because um Sometimes it feels that this society um, doesn't really have any love left for us. Focus on your physical fitness and focus on your athletics. You'll find that by doing athletics and physical fitness, you'll be drawing other people like that to you and also changing the chemistry in your brain Mm -hmm. and in your body. Um, And the self-esteem that comes along from taking a positive role in changing your life. I can't tell you how special it is. So uh, all of you all out there, you know all you people that ask me every day about all my little diets and training tips and stuff like that. I have no diets, by the way. I don't do any of (laughs) that ridiculousness. All I do is train really hard for fun and make sure to understand that my body and my brain was meant to hunt and range. And if I'm sitting around a whole lot or not moving a lot, um, I'm not being true to my, my biggest potential. So just do a little bit more of that.
3: Wise words. Yeah. Do we I've, Text, do we have anything else? I mean, how, how long are we talking? 20 minutes? Yeah, one hour and 40 minutes. Wow.
4: Well, I mean, uh, we hit the book. I definitely recommend it. Uh, to kind of oh, look thank you. Into-
2: oh, I have something to say, dog. Yes. Do it.
4: Finally, bring it.
1: Force blue. Oh, yes.
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for those of you guys listening that do not know what Force Blue is, Rudy has a deal (laughs) where they have taken uh, kind of a, I mean, it's a symbiotic relationship. You're taking uh, uh, ex-military guys and basically putting on combat divers to go in and rehab uh, reefs.
3: Yeah. Rebuild coral reefs. Oh, no shit. Growing
2: and rebuilding coral reefs. And we did it already for the first time freaking three weeks ago in the Cayman Islands. We've proved the concept and we have a gorgeous documentary, Force Blue team org you will be freaking blown away and we did it ourselves i raised the money myself i brought the teams together um seal brother jeff reeves i got a freaking green beret i got a british royal marine commando i've got roger sparks highest decorated Paris man of all time i've got will Hinkson, legendary freaking recovering um i've got nate from um uh, team five um a medic program, Uh, he was an army medic, a medic program from, um, what is the gentleman that uh, uh, Peter Berg has, has been behind? I put all these commandos together and we teamed up with the scientists. Most importantly, this is not recreational diving. This is not diving therapy. This is freaking changing the world therapy. It is being the baddest freaking warriors for the ocean therapy. So we rebuilt reefs. Through water columns and then replanted them. Um, lionfish culling, um, hydrographic
3: surveys—you freaking name it. We we did we did a school. We so, created a school. So you grow you grow the reefs outside of. Outside of the ocean. No, you can't no, in the reef. ocean, in the ocean, and then replant in uh, in areas in which the currents
2: and the nutrients are prime. Imagine upside down Christmas trees what they're doing 20 is, to 30 is, feet is down. They're,
1: mm. they're creating like scaffolding. Like imagine yes, scaffolding okay. the yes. water, and then they go and they replant the, the scaffolding. I, I watched the whole thing on it. Yeah. We, okay. We, all right. Yes. right. We grow Surprisingly, the Surprisingly, Rudy is the only, one of the only, and I, I can't say this because I've done it on other guests, but I've... I've done more research on Rudy Reyes than just about any other guest we've had because one, we've had over a year... Of uh, of Rudy Waiting, Ruiz. wishing
3: dreaming well uh, we, Instagram
1: we we yeah. have a uh, uh, a pretty good you know stalking of your Instagram because I mean, pretty we, we'll, pretty well, pretty good pretty well you got to think pretty for good. the last year we've been trying to get you on the podcast I have uh, to
2: uh, we tried brother was it me and you or was it no Luke and no I, no, I, no, no. Was it? it was you and
1: I Rudy twice you tried to call oh. in from a glacier in <sighs> Iceland I mean we get it uh, and then a,
4: a flight to New York you try to call from the plane see I like... try y'all. <laughs> I, I a Mexican, modeling.
2: I got a brother in prison. You know what I mean? I'm trying I to... mean,
4: the crazy part is
1: all we could see was just like uh the plane and a scarf. And oh, we were like, I that love that. It's yes. like he's like, ah, you see, he, you know I, I, he's the only I, guy you know, I know that wears a tank top and a scarf.
2: Yes, because that scarf can double as a I know a well freaking, you, you told me uh, I, as a cravat, as a freaking sling. I just figured your neck got
4: cold. So the, check the this out on the plane,
2: y'all. On the plane, when the air's coming on at you pretty heavy, and you know you're in your tank top because you can come Into Texas, You <laughs> take that shemagh and it's your little blanket. Oh, it yes, it's, a, man, it's like a shawl. It's all yes, sir. I mean, uh-huh. it's freaking now piece. Now is gear. that
1: is that fashion or is that style? It's all of it. Oh no, wait, no, no. It, no, it is. Did,
2: it is fashion
1: style? Depending did we it rockets both? Uh, <laughs> <it's> both. Did, <laughs> did did we make a distinction between fashion and style yet? Uh,
2: n- fashions come and go depending on trends and. Uh, um, style is just style comes from within.
4: Mm-hmm. Ooh. St- swagger.
2: Yes. Swagger. L- look at uh, Steve McQueen. Look at Charles Bronson. Yeah. No, um, I'm a big they're... '70s guy. Yeah. I um I like my freaking boot cut jeans. Mm-hmm. I like my low cut freaking jeans with the freaking conch belt. a la freaking uh, uh, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> um, I, oh man, I love the '70s, man. I, I love. I do too. Surpico is my thing. When I look like Surpico, yeah. I
1: love my Serpico look. I love '70s cars. I love Me '70s too, music. God. Me too. I, I but, Me too. But I was born in the '70s, and I remember that stuff. Like as a young kid, Me like too. I remember seeing the crazy outfits my parents wear. I look at the pictures, and I think to myself the fact that you guys were sober wearing this is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like, sure. like, Very open-minded, oh, bro. Well, Very well, like, open-minded. I, I, I remember seeing a like a, a picture of my dad is wearing a, a tie that's about this wide and about this long. <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> and he's like, that was cool in the 70s. Getting it. You know?
2: Getting it. I Okay, so, you know, I hang out with some friends of mine and stuff like that and I got some pretty cool people that hang out with me sometimes. I wonder why, by the way. Because uh, I'm not that inten- uh, immensely smart. Um, when you say
1: cool, define cool. Eclectic, different, like somebody different than you. Like, uh, l- leaders, like who's like the, who's cool in Rudy Reyes' playbook?
2: Who's cool in my book would be, of course, Ian Asbury. My fucking leasing or the cult. My yeah. brother. I mean, I just love the
1: man, and I. I, I How come I, he doesn't have that long hair anymore?
2: He grows it on and off. It's getting long. I remember
1: when I saw that. Oh, do you remember in the day, dude? Dude, his hair was seriously down to his. uh, Was that the uh, Sonic
2: uh, Temple days? Yeah, Sonic Temple,
1: Fire Uh, Woman. Yeah, that's absolutely dude. We we saw him. I saw him in concert, and his hair was fucking down to his fucking ass. Well, because
2: yeah, he has such a yeah, he has such a uh, connection with Native American uh, Mm. spirituality and culture. Total sense. And um, you know, I've gotten to be close with Ian, and I consider him you know an. An older brother that I never had, and he's counseled me very much in work and biz, and he says, "Rudy, I do this music now for my job. This is my job, but you know, I have um, I have dreams of other things and d- and things that are more in line with my spirit." And uh,
1: does the cult still? tour all the
2: time and they're just crushing they're just more beautiful than ever let's go again i'll take you so uh, like okay two years ago i brought west okay when we he comes back to austin we're
1: gonna go yeah no we will go see you will
2: love ian and billy duffy and their crew they're just so uh, magnificent um fudge when i was a little kid man when i was a Teenager in the boys' home, like looking at like the album and and seeing like these what what uh, Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs? Uh, how do you say it? Hieroglyphs? Yeah, hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Hieroglyphics and and these arcane uh, runes and such. And I like, what does this mean, love? What does this mean, love? And, and so all of this, right? Uh, profound stuff to me and. So I would see the cult over the years, and always wait, and and sign autographs, and then when I was put forward as some kind of warfighter, or what do you call me, some kind of something,
1: I don't know if we if we can necessarily yeah, come up with a label.
3: Yeah, uh, we tried, out. but we can't figure it out. Yeah,
1: we've been trying to put your finger. I mean, like yeah, the, like uh, the oh.
3: samurai David Bowie or something. <laughs> there you are. Oh. Right. Or, or you know, um, Ooh, that's pretty right? good. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's pretty hard. Those are big fucking shoes to fill. I samurai I David agree, Bowie. I agree.
1: David Bowie might have been the coolest motherfucker to ever walk the planet.
2: I'm with you on that.
1: Uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy Stardust, <laughs> but, the whole spiders from Mars. Oh but, my god.
2: By the way, I by the way, I'm psychic,
3: for real. Do
1: you, I, do you remember in Zoolander when they go to do the walk off and David Bowie's like, "If nobody's gonna take charge," and everybody's like, "That was actually the best cameo of any so movie." So, hang on,
3: Rudy, you're claiming you're psychic for like literally for do a you,
1: real psychic. Do you really doubt him?
3: I don't. Yeah, I mean, thi- for no, the
1: sake of uh, why not? You 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 met Dr. Bueller.
3: Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that there's no uh, such thing as there is a,
1: a clairvoyant. So uh-huh. I believe in you know. So I didn't believe in. I, I,
2: I dream very deep stuff. I dream all the time and dream, dream like deja deep. vu. No, just dream deeply and travel, and then after doing years of meditation, I learned to explore my dreams and become an uh, onironaut, a, a dreamonaut, a dream mm-hmm. astronaut, and keep pushing, pushing, and opening doors and looking and then recording. Um, the day that David Bowie died, the night prior, hours before he died, hours—only maybe even one hour, maybe even ten minutes—I was eating chow with him, and I met him once in London, but I was eating chow with him in his castle and uh, on the seashore. And he had this massive robe, kind of like a labyrinth. Except his hair was short, long, long table. And I remember eating like this roast beef and some potatoes. And we're kicking it and talking. And he stands up and he walks away. And I have a strange feeling he's going away. So I stand up I'm like, where are you going, brother? Where are you going, Dave? And he's going around the corner so I step around the corner and I look for him and I see just this coat fluttering out and then the other way and I'm always right behind him and I'm looking for him looking for him where are you going come back come back and then and then at the uh, towards the very end I come back and I'm at the uh the foyer uh, the foyer of the mansion where the dinner table is only a little bit away, but the foyer of the mansion, and I get back to the foyer, and the front doors open. As the front doors open, I see this coat and his cape flowing out, and I run out there. I, like, where are you going? Where are you going? Come back! Come back! And the the, the light was blinding, and the the sea was crashing on the rocks underneath me, and and then and then he was gone, and. And I just remember having this deep sadness and foreboding, and this is what will, this is what will blow your fucking minds. Or no, it doesn't. Probably not. You guys already understand this. I wake up, Matt Salamo, Recon brother of mine. Uh, he's given me a bear pelt um, pillow that I slept with for a few hours. Right. And the first thing I say to Matt, and you guys look at my, you guys go reach out to Matt Salamo. Maddie, I had this dream. David's gone. David Bowie's gone. He ran away. He's gone. But I'm not sure where he went to, where he went. I swear to you, 30 seconds later after that on the news, David Bowie is dead.
3: Have you had any other
2: dreams like that? Oh, many, many, many. Yeah? Always. I see the future all the time. But David Bowie is the one, the most recent one? Uh, okay you know how they say that you don't see your feet in dreams have you ever heard no. that
1: no no but i mean i can't uh i can't i think can't of think ever of ever looking yeah. and seeing my feet in a dream
3: i mean I can I, I can I i i've had the dreams where you're fucking running and you can't go faster and i've seen my feet looking down wondering why the fuck are my when feet i was going so uh slow?
1: when i was little i used to have uh pretty bad nightmares And the interesting thing was I remember at one point I would gotten like I would wake up wake up and have like Mm -hmm. a different nightmare and it was always kind of similar it actually uh, oh it kind of remind like the only way I can equate it is uh, do you remember that weird thing in Big Trouble Little China that likes pulls a guy in that like weird little monster looking thing that's Mm -hmm. like with the red eyes Uh, yes kind of like imagine something like uh, Imperial Japan and that that was like my fucking nightmare and I remember at some point in that dream when I was pretty young I remember um, all of a sudden realizing that it was a dream and I remember waking up and then I remember uh, I had the dream getting it was always the same nightmare I remember yeah, like recurring point, and I remember had it enough to where I could actually I remember being like this is a dream and I remember stopping it and waking myself up. And I and then ever since then, um, anytime I've ever had a bad dream, I can pretty much just end it and be like, no, 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 we ain't, we're we not doing this anymore. And like end it. And I remember my daughter had a nightmare and I told her about it. I was like, you can control your dreams if you think about it. Yep, and, uh, and, you know, and it's like, how do you, but so long story short, like, I think you can do some things like that, but.
4: Yeah, controlling Controlling your dreams is called lucid dreaming. Sure. Uh, I've had a couple experiences, and then it's I'm I'm flying. I choose to fly, choose to control. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, similar experience, but no freaking telling people's deaths or anything weird like that.
1: All the time. Have you ever had any out-of-body experience? All the time.
2: All the time. That third-party observer is what I search for in my training. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that ability to kind of be uh, um, What is the word uh, uh, Omniscient um, Yeah omnipotent Where yeah, you so kind of like Can like stand sure. up And like kind of observe That whole sure, thing
2: sure. The third party observer Yeah And to flow state That's, that's what I search for um, My Kung Fu teacher Chumman said Fucking genius Gosh Dan, this guy's so... Le- you know what Looking back I realize how Fortunate I am No wonder I mean Fuck It's such a trip I'm 45 years old you all I ain't never met nobody close to my ages, even fucking a third of my ability. <laughs> yeah.
3: For real. And
2: never shortcuts. No, I don't even take supplements. All these stupid fucking bullshit supplements? You gotta be shitting me. Some fucking vitamins and shit. I'm like, you fools. The human being is designed to push, hunt, eat, sleep, freaking have some sex with your girl, uh, fucking play with your kids. And, uh, and, you know, you might brush your teeth now and again. I mean, that's <laughs> what we ought to do. And there's all these fucking gimmicks of this bullshit. It's ridiculously funny. Uh, there's no fucking diet. There's no freaking gimmicks. There's no freaking piece of equipment. There's no freaking supplement. No. You know what you do? You um, be um, a hunter of saber-toothed tigers. Oh, there's no saber-toothed tigers around. Well, okay, think about what they did to hunt saber-toothed tigers. If you do that, you'll be just fine and play with your kids and freaking have some good sex with your woman and, and don't get in too many fights with her. Everything is going to be fantastic. Um, when you're falling into sleep and you start drifting into these caverns of subconscious and... And ancient lives, by the way, I have some dreams of ancient lives of mine that I revisit, and I still continue an ancient life. And what's so kick-ass, brothers, is that I recognize, as I'm dreaming and going through this vision, that that is my real life. And I've been doing that life way longer than I've been alive here. Way longer, A thousand years longer. Sometimes years later, I'll have a dream and I revisit that timeline and I remember, yes, that's, that's, that's that existence. Sometimes I wake up, holy smokes, holy smokes. I don't know if the thinking audience is ready for it, but a couple of days ago, I was dreamed I was making love to my girl. And I haven't seen her in a long, long time. I was up sitting up on the couch and we were kissing and all this. And I was so so connected to the, my my special my special person. But I was not. I was actually asleep on the couch. But then my girl woke me up. <laughs> and I was kind of I didn't know what was going on. And it's just immense to to imagine the phonograph of what we, what we call life or reality and then the quantum, three-dimensional, fourth dimensional freaking time and space style, true existence. That's why I dream the future. That's why I'm a great that's why I'm a great fighter. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, I have always had a talent. And it's not because I'm not—I'm not the fastest. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. Just something. And my my kung fu teacher always just said. It. He says, Ludi, uh no one know my name, but they said you, Ludi's teacher. Mm-hmm. He says, it's karma. That's the way you made.
3: Right? Another trap. So there. Do you think there's another Rudy Reyes on this planet? I don't even know Rudy Reyes yet. Is that part of your journey? Part of your mission? Yes. yes, I'm not a big fan of Rudy Reyes. I'm interested
2: in finding out who Rudy is, though. <laughs> you
3: know what I'm saying? No, but <laughs> I mean, I believe you. Do you feel I where mean, I'm coming well, from? I just haven't thought like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, a, it's a deep, introspective approach to life, you know, that just walking around people assume they are who they are, right? And you're a fucking right. guy who's like, I'll tell you when I get there.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't Yeah, right, man. I've been in charge for so long. I've been taking care of my brothers and and leading
1: No, long. man, it's uh right? it's it's you know it's, it's the tortured souls. I mean, yeah. if if you think about like um uh, the more, I mean, and this is kind of intelligence too. I mean, they've done pretty extensive research that the higher the IQ, the less happy people are, um, you know, like they've, they've you know charted people that were 165, 170, 180 IQ, and they always end up, you know, usually committing suicide or living miserable lives. And you think about like, uh, w- you know your ability to just kind of wade through it and like you know there's a reason I mean if, if you look at my Instagram like the one quote I have is be a simple man like that was simple for kind yeah. of man dude that's like my theme song because uh, but you're not brother I, I try to be like everything you, you, you try to be well. you, you try to be simple and like you know the problem is is that when you create so much complexity it becomes distracting like have a simple clear mission and um, you know like just be good at whatever you want to do and uh, you know like it shouldn't be this complicated and that's something that when i talk to my kids i tell them i'm like it's not that complicated like we can solve a lot of these problems if we just look at everything very kind of simplistic and uh, man i just i don't know i and i always go back to like the forrest gump thing he wanted a real smart man but dude that guy lived uh, a pretty good life because you know why he just he didn't really say no and he just kind of went and, did and, he, it, showed you know? up. and he showed up he showed up he showed up yeah, hey, yeah, he did. Hey, let's go here, you know.
2: I feel the same way. Um It's such it's so wild, John. It's so wild, brothers. Um I've never been into business and money before.
1: I can't imagine you needing money.
2: I'm still not into it at all.
1: No, I I really can't even By imagine. Way, I I, I, don't I was trying it. to imagine you going in somewhere and like but like yeah being like hey uh, I got this paper stuff I just need some of that food that's so true normally I just give it
2: away all the time Um, and sometimes I let people abuse me and take advantage only because I have even more compassion for them than the pain I feel from abusing me Um, I feel for them more and uh,
1: do you think uh, huh. that you're put on this earth? I mean, um, you, I think so. You kind of uh, there's a weird kind of vein of um, of like uh, like vi- like victim, not a victim, defensive victim. Like I can see you, you know, like uh, shit, man, you run through a brick wall. But yet, I can t- I think it's interesting the fact that uh, you would even use the term as you would allow people to victimize you. I think. And then I also wonder who the fuck is going to victimize Rudy Reyes. And then on top of it, if I was in a position where I saw somebody victimizing Rudy Reyes, what would we do? We would fucking curb stomp them.
3: Yes. I don't think they would need our help I mean no, Rudy would need our help
1: <laughs> I think everybody needs help But I could see like uh, I mean, Like you guys know Like if if, uh, if there was a problem In the that proverbial you sense had, if, yeah. if, if there was a problem
2: well, Questions if, asked You guys would be there yeah, by my side 100% If you called yeah. me
1: up and said Hey John I got this issue I'd be like Fucking curb stomps Let's get it." Of course, of course
2: it's, it's interesting that you say that um, And and express that I think it's because of Just the uh, immense amount of trauma That I've been through Since a boy A little boy and and the the hurt the the betrayal um, you know uh, left in the boys' home and um, one time I tried to run away uh, in the home for boys, and I escaped to my window to two stories down, but all I had was my Chuck Taylors, and I couldn't get to my drawer for my socks, and it was snowing outside, and I almost froze to death, and I just walked the streets because I didn't know how to get home to Kansas City. And then at the very, as the sun started coming back up, I climbed up that gutter three stories up and got back in my bed, and I was frozen up, hurting really bad, and I went to school. I guess maybe I just never want to let go of that, those injuries, the hatred, the the pain, the destruction, the betrayal. I don't want to let anyone ever forget that um, people hurt that deeply, regardless of how good they make it look on the outside.
1: And the irony of that is now you're working in Hollywood, that literally subs, you know, subside, you know, the whole subsides upon the fucking blood of the innocent and like uh, feeding upon and the uh, you know manipulation. I mean, probably one of the most fuck. I mean, I can see you more like living here in Texas as a farmer and raising animals and like, you know, living like that life more so than I can see you in the Hollywood thing. So it's such a strange dichotomy Where's for me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like you think about like, here's a situation where you're trying to go in and do something that you feel is valuable, but yet, you know, you're working in a, in a, in a line of business. that's almost parasite. I mean, it is parasites, Oh, it is parasiting off of uh, people, emotion, sex. I mean, for like you of- said, man, like I can't imagine the, uh, you know fuck dude like it's just, brother it's a trip I mean dude we I, 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 well, you know uh, yeah, I grew you know as a pro athlete yeah. too no dude believe pro me it's well. uh it's believe me dude it's it's uh it's a strange deal and there's Can a you reason. understand where I'm coming from yeah that's why that's why dude that's why I talk about you know uh dude I remember hearing uh I, I've told these guys a story that um I was in Daytona Bike Week and we went up sure. and took a little ride up deal and I got to hear Leonard Skinnerd yeah. play in a little warm up at a little uh, place called Peggy's Place and I remember sitting there with a bunch of drunk bikers and they played uh, Simple Man and simple, I, reme-
2: right. I remember
1: I had this Dynamite. like strange out of body experience mm-hmm. where I you know you'd heard the song but I'd really listened to the lyrics yeah, and I right. there and I was like you know what man fucking simplicity is uh, is happiness and um, you know keep keep it basic keep it simple and uh, you know fucking don't. You know, add too much shit and you'll be all right. So,
2: call away, call away, call away, strip, yeah. away, strip away, strip away, strip away. Jeet Kune Do.
1: Yes. You know, discard that's what's useless.
2: Essence. Get to essence. I feel, I feel, um, that's, that's what I've been doing because of necessity, trying to be so much for so many people and try to be excellent, so many things, and to and to never let anyone down and to always show up and to always be the best and uh, best I can and to always be brave, to always have courage. And um, it, it takes so much uh, commitment and yet I, I'll never ever put a... I'll never quantify it. I'll never quantify it. I, I'm, I'm ethically against quantifying fuck a soul. And you know what? I'm not going to call out any names out there. There's a lot of people in this so-called veteran community, and especially the spec ops community. I don't know what happened to these people. I don't know how they can look in the mirror I think about... Making some kind of brand and selling some kind of freaking apparel or some. or or whatever they want to do that is associated with themselves to somehow put on a platform in which it can make money. God dang, that's just so fucking foul. Like if you. Sally, you know what? We all got to make work, by the way. All you all out there, and you know who I'm talking about. All of us, though. But some of us with... with prose, intelligence, skill, and absolutely um, rage can do it Um, that's respectful to all the people that we represent and not exploit the fucking agony and the ecstasy that we've been through. Um and I'll be gosh dang if I got to see one more mother frap and skull t-shirt to show that like I'm fucking down with my fucking veterans and I got to, and I'm such a badass you all just need to really think about something different because uh,
3: so what uh, what's a ahead. Rudy what's a tasteful way then so how do you you know if this is all I'll tell you how okay brother
2: tasteful tasteful way to represent your veteran community and do something in your community oh is not sell a freaking T-shirt. How about start a freaking T-shirt drive? How about getting clothes from people who want to donate to people who need clothes? Mm -hmm. How about getting freaking down and dirty with your community and helping them with their garden or making a freaking, uh, you know, some kind of plot of land? How about teaching the uh, women and children and men too basic self-defense and um, emergency planning and first aid. How about creating a first aid program for all teachers uh, and all uh, people that are in some kind of education billet or uh, public works? How about, there's so many other ways Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting to me and I'm fired up right now a little bit, some of these cats that have these so-called businesses I've never heard a single one of their teammates say a damn thing about them. Not a freaking one. Not about one single op. Not about one single Uh, thing. I see. And all I have on my street in the recon and sniper community is my brothers who've been by my side while I ran the ops. And what I did out there and I'd like to hear about some of these other cats. Actually, no, I don't because there's nothing. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. These guys these other it's not about freaking badass as fuck and fucking guns and this and freaking cool freaking uh, uh, multi-cam ball cap beard and shit. No, come on. When you become a ape of yourself or some kind of what do you call it? I mean, come on.
1: What is that about? Well, what they're doing is, um, you know, people, people sometimes play, uh, play the, you know, like like play the the part that they're.
2: Why, like you said earlier, with the uh, victim, for me. Yeah. uh,
1: But uh, but I mean, is like I think a lot of times with a lot of the uh, you know things that you're talking about, I mean, that's kind of what the, fuck, I guess you could say, like the um, non. Uh, you, you know, people that have never served. I mean, you know, civilians like uh, like us. I mean, that, I, I think that's what people want to feel like they're part of something, and Who so they it? see it, and it's kind of this uh, tactical, edgy thing, and you kind of want to belong to something. And I'm here, and I, you know, if only. And but uh, didn't we
2: do that with sports since yeah. we were kids? Didn't we do that with sports?
1: Well, I bet you a lot of those guys didn't play sports. I say, you know,
2: gosh dang it, John. Imagine this, brother. Imagine when I was a little boy, if I had a fucking Rudy Reyes and I had fucking all these warriors hanging around and I had a fucking internet and all this, all these motherfucking uh, uh, um, uh, avenues to see fucking real warrior heroes. Imagine if I had that. What I did have is my comic books, and that's where I got them. And here we are now
1: in this. Do you think uh, strange culture? Do you think Rudy Reyes would be Rudy Reyes with the internet and a modern culture like this? Yeah, I sure would hope so.
2: Yeah. I sure would hope so. And um, so that's why I write. Working on some teenage I'm working on some books for teenagers now. Um they need the guidance. Um my force blue, you know, forceblueteam.org. Rebuilding reefs, rebuilding Commando souls rebuilding my soul Aligned with men like yourself and, and Bert Soren and uh, Super studs like um, like Gunner and Jen and Jen Wetterstrom and A lineage through shaman temple tendon stretching
1: Speed isn't it pretty interesting that summer strong is like this uh strange thread of people and uh you know like i was thinking like i was the talking best. with remember tex.
2: i met you guys two fucking years well, ago yeah, the well, avengers
1: well i remember tex was there two years ago yeah. and was like i met so many people like this like like this is pretty much uh we stocked our podcast for almost an entire year Tex, based off of two years ago correct and I, like like when he came back and told me i was like dude we have to go for uh for the 10th anniversary yes we're,
4: we're and, just missing the breeze <laughs> I'll bring him or we'll
3: oh, find him Oh god He's damn, the legend. Uh, in his own Isn't mind. this one he should just up here,
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, the breeze and the American Beauty over here got That's something that? weird going, right? He, but, uh, me,
2: he just calls me Beauty for short.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, the problem is, is uh, oh man, I mean, Breeze fucking took me down, dude. He, uh, what uh, do you mean? Uh, well, don't... no, I, I, I was trying to work on my presentation, and okay. I, I realized uh, after hearing some people <laughs> speak that I needed to create a, a PowerPoint. So I literally like went in the office and I was working on the PowerPoint, and Breeze saw me and saw my stuff, and literally he pinned me down for a good ninety minutes. Oh, Tell yeah. me breeze stories. Oh, of course. And I saw Bert, and I was like, "Hey, Bert!" And Bert's like, "Oh yeah." And he like waved me off. I was like, "This oh, motherfucker. motherfucker." And Bert, Bert's like, "I wasn't about to get in that You're fucking diving on that hand grenade." <laughs> the but, breeze. Uh, oh my god. The breeze oh god i love him
2: i talked to this incredible woman in new york city uh she's uh her, her brother is a veteran and active duty she is a volleyball player and finance whiz hard-ass italian freaking girl and uh, she's just my homie and then she i said i gotta take this call it's the breeze and she's the breeze <laughs> like, yeah the breeze Oh my god, I love him already. <laughs> yeah, dang, it. Uh, I mean, so, so so. Don't tell so, the breeze. Oh remember? Um, so so, breeze. Uh, what's your best pickup line? Hey, baby. My name's the breeze. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> it. Uh, I love that man so much. So I call him daddy. I call him father and stuff because I have no dad. I just love him so much because you know what? When he hangs out and and spends time with me, he always ends up freaking tearing up and stuff because uh, you know he went to West Point. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I went to West Point, and he um, he taught and coached there for a while too. And and um, his older brother died in Vietnam.
1: Oh, I did not know that.
2: Yep. And so he cries, and or you know he he'll just he'll just get a little bit emotional with me, and that's why I'm just always there for him, and I just love him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you all have a lot to do with that. All you all, can you believe what I've found with you all? in, the, in Summer strong, and with Bert and with uh and with uh, family and strength can you believe that i have been invited into your world i'm so freaking thankful man
1: yeah it was it was killer no it was great it was uh yeah no we uh, it was a lot of fun i mean it was so cool to connect with people and uh just everybody that spoke um you know, I mean, I was thinking about you know we had Woodski on the podcast. Oh, I love you know. my Woodski. That me and him are tight too, dude. Yeah. W- uh, well, I posted. I don't know if you saw. Him, I, I know you haven't checked your phone, but on Instagram, uh, Luke and I were texting back and forth, and he's like, "Ah, oh, did, did you get Rudy yet?" And I was like, "No, I'm outside of LZ. I'm, uh, I'm I'm waiting to initiate oh, contact." I love <laughs> that. And so, I love it. And so I, I screen captured it, put it on Instagram, and Woodski's like, "Ah, oh, 50 He, you know, he ditches you or something." But uh, oh. no, man, we've um we've had a, a an incredible. <laughs> Oh, uh, ability to kind of add people within our genealogy to quote Harry and uh, you know Summer Strong was huge on that. We really thank Bert and um, and uh, you know Bert. Yeah, well, Bert's coming out to our uh, Power Athlete uh, I'll be there. Symposium I'll and be there. Um, yeah, so it'd be killer. We're excited. I've been for. training
2: a lot. You know, I'm always training and such. Um, mobility, tendon work, and continuous um, big body movement for heart rate. Uh, sustained always and then throw in anaerobics for eight yeah. explosive movements and um, and then just keep running it until a flow state happens and now you're in a third party observer state sure and then with a great little coach or teammate cues 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 and it just brings you right in keeps you there keeps you in and it's been the best thing for, I've, I have for my mental health
1: yeah, no. There's def- definitely a parallel between physical fitness and mental health.
2: Yeah, for me it is. Yeah, for
1: me it is. Well, I mean, I- it's, uh, especially because your entire life you have identified with doing something physical. Oh, yeah. That I mean, it, it's kind of like we we get stuck in this deal because we have an internet-based company where you're stuck behind a computer, and I'm like, oh, this is awful. And uh, and and part of the reason what's what's ironic, at least with our company, is uh, at my house uh, we have the world's worst internet. And so, ah! and so it takes me what should take me 90 minutes takes me hours because why the internet
2: Why are you doing this? Why, why can't we make
1: uh, well, like some kind of
2: towers well, or, we, or make you work in the uh, It
1: goes tonight, it, hopefully. It, to, to, tonight they are after six months of fighting with uh, Time Warner Spectrum they are finally And Text and and, and and all this, and all this It took them six months they're putting up polls and they're running us a fiber line for like the world's fastest internet so now we are
3: Careful because you got no fucking Excuses now. Everything's got to be on time, baby. (laughs) Oh, I I
1: know. Uh, The the other day, I was uh, uh, one of the guys. I've I've been helping this guy, John, with um, who's had a pretty extensive knee injury, and I was kind of just helping him mm -hmm. on some stuff. And I uh, couldn't send him the information, so I was texting it to him. So I I, like wrote this whole thing out, and I'm sending it, and it won't send. Just
3: Just, like like, picture text.
1: And and so I I I literally just uh, uh, started writing it on my phone, and I like uh, you know texted it to him, and he's I'm like my internet's so fucking awful, dude. This is. But uh, we are soon going to have real internet, which at this point is going to be pretty soon. We won't be doing this podcast here anymore. We'll actually be be doing it at the barn at at my place.
3: Yeah. Fucking proper, a proper room instead of, uh, well, I mean, the kitchen's nice. We got a decent view back here.
1: Sturdy uh, table. Sturdy, sturdy Well, we are going to have, we, we're going to be able to get our, our, our real table out of storage. We're going to be able to like soundproof the room. Yeah, Luke can yeah. have all this fucking, you know, soundboard. Shit, yeah. Shit, and yeah. Uh, it'll be epic. Now, I know Callie's going to be listening to this. Callie, this might be one of the more interesting podcasts, but the only part is that we don't have visual aid because the actual physical representation of what you're seeing. No just, it, uh, it
3: just the words alone like it just it, i mean that's why Rudy is going to be one great at the symposium because dude first of people all people who are going to be able to witness he's that fucking jacked yeah so like text, i'm sitting there text, like, text, rudy rudy came in and john this is for the air as well they got in a little wrestling match and uh john turned it up to i'd say maybe a seven or eight <laughs> maybe like a seven or eight like not a hundred percent but rudy like i thought rudy was going to get folded like any normal man would under a 280 pound x ex- 10 year nfl lineman but rudy held his own 175 pounds. Uh, I put him on his back though pretty quick. Yeah, but he... you, you Compared to any other 175 pound uh, human.
1: You got to remember too, he started pushing me. I thought we were fucking around mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when I felt him get a little serious, yeah, so that's no. when I stepped aside. That's
3: what I said, like you yeah. went up to like a seven. <laughs> yeah, I had to turn up. I know it, it wasn't a 10, but...
1: Yeah. Com- yes. Compare yes. and contrast him 100%. versus any
3: other 175 yeah, pounder. Yeah,
1: he's a strong, fucking dude. He uh he put his hands on me in a meaningful way, and uh, <laughs> I I know the difference. Between, like if somebody puts their hands on me in a meaningful way like that, I was like, oh, this shit's gonna get serious. And uh and then I almost took out Luke's fucking uh, fireplace. But uh, the good
3: thing I you know I knew that. It- everything can be replaced. Of course. You know, so I was just like, well, I, I, was just glad.
1: I, I was just glad when he went down, he didn't pop back up and we didn't fucking go because then shit would have got fucking, I was so glad that we defused it at that what moment. Else?
4: Where do else do we did have he, to go? Did with? he try to kick? I heard a lot about kicks. No, he, no.
1: He, uh, he knows Kung Fu, so he knows push hands, which is like what we did, you know, we're like, you know, as you, you know, you, you oppose force with reactive force. Like if somebody's going to push on you, you use their force, kind of deal. And that's what mm-hmm. he did. Is he pushed in me? I just redirected it. So
3: what? What else do we have to cover with uh, uh, Rudy Reyes? The uh, fucking. I'll tell you this: b- um, by far most spiritual uh, guest we've had. I think we did a good job containing him, people. And if you want to hear more, you're gonna to have to get to Symposium. That's our next stop, baby. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, December.
1: No, it's going to be good.
3: (laughs) December win, bro.
1: Second weekend is uh, eighth, ninth, and ten. Ten.
3: Okay,
2: my birthday is December third. Charles Bronson, Mm. December third. Nice. And Ozzy Osbourne.
3: (laughs) Hot (laughs) out. It's good company. <laughs> and Rudy Reyes. Rudy, right. thanks for your time, oh, man. No, it ain't nothing. I love you guys. All right, people. We're gonna have all your links and everything in the show notes. So I
1: get fired up a little bit. Guys.
3: Thanks, Power oh, Athlete good. Nation. Thanks, Rudy Reyes. Fucking changing the world, changing I'm perspectives I'm and trying. shit.
1: No, it's great. Thank you, Rudy. Appreciate oh, it, brother. All right, nothing see you guys. Yep. Nothing. Yep. Bye. I love y'all. Bye. Bye.
0: Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Holy shit. If you made it through that roller coaster, you have probably already started following Rudy on Instagram under his name, at Reyes. As an American, I am ashamed to say that I have not seen Generation Kill, the TV series. But on the next rainy day, I will definitely plan on snuggling up to a little TV's uh, Rudy Reyes. Hopefully, you plan on doing the same. And if you can't get enough of Rudy Reyes, be sure to go to powerathlete.com backslash events to get your tickets for the 2017 Power Athlete Symposium in December. Don't miss out. Tickets are going fast. And until next time, bye.